new video game? Bullshit. Hagen, I run Hagen'sAlley.wordpress.com. I'm also the Subcon 3 on forums like Nintendo Age and Club. I'm a double award-winning published author um, for Hidden Treasures, a book that's on sale at Lulu.com. It's also on the right side of the page that you're probably listening to the podcast on right now. You can help support us. Instead of like every other podcast where they want you to give money to keep their podcast going, all you got to do is support by actually buying a gaming book, and a little bit of that money will go towards the podcast. And I've also written towards a few different gaming publications, such as Nintendo Force, Pixel Nation, and Retro Gaming Times Monthly. And we've got Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I'm big into uh, no death runs, high score runs, uh, collector of all things, vintage and retro, uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. And we've got Kevin. Greetings gamers, Kevin here, aka KWK. You can see my site on kwkbox.com, and also visit my channel, kwkbox, on YouTube at any time for support. We do lots of Let's Plays and have videos of all of us in different forms, so if you want to add a voice to a face, my channel's the place to be. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. Number 25. Good stuff. The big season finale. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) good shit. Yeah, I figure we'll do like a little little mega cast or normal cast, who knows cast. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Some crazy shit. Getting knee deep in the shit, man. Let's do it. Always, always, always. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, are we gonna start off the uh, the podcast with the uh, the homework game? Sounds good to me. Or should we start with some um, listener mail? We got some. Ooh, mail! So tempting. What do you think, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like. Pee Wee Herman. They always do the mail first, right? That is right. Absolutely. Pee Wee did it that way. You got to follow suit. Yeah, we we do because we've already had Stephen Herman on the show. Yeah, exactly. Now we need a son, the shatter hand expert, (laughs) scatter fist. So we just had one um, listener email this last week, and it was very short and pretty funny. Um, It was by a guy called G Type, Uh, and basically what he said was is that um, it was about episode twenty one. That guy's on Nintendo ish. Yes, Um, and it was episode twenty one. And it was when we were talking about games that reversed gravity. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, um, and basically he just said, we forgot about MC Kids. (laughs) (laughs) We missed that one. Oh, I want a Big Mac like right now. Yeah. (laughs) Kyle's like the Big Mac master right now. Grumble, grumble. Nice. (laughs) It's my handle on Nintendo Age. Not just a reference to freaking Zelda, it's also his stomach. (laughs) Yeah, but that yeah, it was a pretty funny one though. It's like he's just like you forgot Mick Kids, guys. Like <laughs> Mick Kids, all right. Well, thanks for that. Now there's one more we can add to the list. Exactly. <laughs> Sweet. Just adding lots and lots and lots to the freaking insanity. He has a lot of cool posts. Oh, does he? Like, what does he usually post about? Oh, anything and everything. But he's he's pretty cool. Cool man. Uh, should should I look up our um the forum thread? Because I know we haven't looked up in the uh, the thor- the forums recently. I mean, there's been some activity on uh, Strider. Nice. I know since um since we've had the podcast. Yeah, we're talking about like how to kill Matic and how people were getting frustrated because they didn't know how to like disarm the his cipher. Yeah. So basically, uh, one guy said that um he sat down for the first time recently sat down and ended up beating the game in his first sit down. Right. So he must be a pretty good pretty good fucking player. That's pretty exactly. awesome. Said it said is it surprisingly low difficulty compared to the other Capcom titles, which I don't really agree with, but he probably is a different type of gamer, so looks like his favorites are Castlevania and Metroid, so uh, he's used to grueling games. That game fits that uh the Metroid really nice. Yeah, exactly. Another guy said, this was Pegboy, uh, said, that's the part I got stuck in, and that was basically um, that the plasma arrow, knowing to use the plasma arrow against Matic at the end. And I you know, I posted that, that definitely got me, and he said, that's the part he got stuck on as a 9 or 10 year old. He said, fucking bullshit if you ask me. <laughs> he said, I haven't beaten the game to this day because I never played it again because of that shit (laughs) yeah i was like classic cryptic nes and he said i hate games that have obscure gimmicks like that is there anything in the game that even hints on how to beat the boss and then the grumble grumble master mentions uh kyle actually mentioned that the only hint is that matic actually has a cipher that he shoots at you so kind of gives you a hint that you can shoot it at him to disarm him yeah because he can disarm yours too yeah, so basically what what Kyle said was is one of those Nintendo power moments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah. And then um yeah, so so that's what we'll do with with the beginning of the podcast is we'll read a little bit of the forums, any kind of emails we get if we get any reviews, and then um we'll do our homework and then we'll read anything from the forums based on the homework after we're done. So that way, you know, we don't like we'll we'll do the whole homework first. So, do you guys want to um, jump into Crisis Force? Yeah, and I was I was thinking we're almost like the like the Crusaders because we we play every game like down to the bone, and it's cool that we're like logging it on this, but also on Nintendo Age too. It's just really cool. Yeah, I think like because a lot of people don't go that far as to like try to play as many games as they can and like fit it all in. Most people try to specialize in one or two games, and, like, they're good, but we, like, try to expand our horizons, and I think that's amazing. I'm finding my own gaming to get, like, starting to, like, bypass plateaus and stuff. The the thing that I I noticed last night at Kevin's, though, like, when I'm by myself, I'm, like, super zen mode. I can't, it's hard for me to, like, play when, like, other people are around, like, in the same (laughs) way and mindset, because I was, like, 
if there's a certain games where I, I know I could just destroy, but then if, like, other people are around, or I, I, especially when you're talking, too, that's so hard. And were you recording? Yeah. Oh, that makes it even harder. Because you're on the spot. You ha- yeah. If you fuck up, it's on video. Got proof. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost like um like ten times as hard. The more you record and you're around other people and you play, the more you'll get used to it. But I don't think it'll ever be as natural as being in like your own Zen world by yourself. Definitely, you'd have to be like Buddha or something. <laughs> yeah, be able to like channel out everything around you. Yeah, <laughs> like like they'd be freaking tough as shit. Because that's what I noticed. Like I I get to extreme heights when it's just me. And someone posted a funny post about alcohol and gaming and it's an awesome thread it's like one of my favorite threads right now it's staying alive longer than i thought on nintendo age but it's the whole idea of like this, this one dude's like well i'm gonna pop a six pack or whatever in game and it, it and then i kind of put a part where there's a part where i drink and i i don't know maybe it's after about two or two and a half to three drinks and i i reach this like state of like zen Absolutely. I, I call that um when you play beer pong, too. Like, you suck when you start at beer pong, your hand eye, but once you get about three beers in, you get that zen mode, man. You can't miss. And then when you drink too much... It's it's a slippery slope, and, and you're useless. So, so it's good to keep a constant stream of alcohol into your bloodstream at a slow pace. That's it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I was actually looking into it, and, like, there's monks in um tibet that actually use alcohol in their practices because it it like unclings the ego from your soul or whatever so that you can kind of be freer and be the person that you really are instead of having those little things that hold you back so that's what's cool too so it it's like a zen state it's like a little uninhibitor <laughs> like let you release the kraken yeah, so um, that's that's just what's really neat about as far as drinking. But yeah, there's once you drink too much, it's like, uh, oh man, just throw it away because you know you're fucked. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like there's there's times when you just when it starts to mess with your hand eye coordination, that's when it gets pretty bad. Yeah, no, it's so I had to play when I played my like the homework games. Coming back to that, I have to be by myself. Like so, as far as Crisis Force goes, yeah. I was, uh, it was just me in my room, total full bore concentration, and uh, nice. going to that, man. Sounds snappy. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I'll do the uh, lay the wallpaper. Yes, sir. All right. So Crisis Force was developed and published by Konami, the classics. It was only released for the family computer, the Famicom, which is the Japanese Nintendo Entertainment System, and it was released in August of 91. It was Konami's final shooting game for the Famicom, and it was developed in order to push the hardware specifications to the limits. It used this uh, VRC4 chip, which was only used before that in Gradius 2. And it allowed four-way scrolling and larger bosses. One thing to note, too, is if you get, like, there's people who make reproductions. Up until recently, Crisis Force and I think Radius 2, you had to use the actual boards from those cartridges to make the reproduction because of that VRC4 chip. So that's pretty cool. So because of the game's late release and a year after the launch of the successor, which was the Super Famicom, is when this game was released. It was released a year after the Super Famicom. 
Crisis Force wasn't really that popular. It's a pretty rare game. Like, it costs a little bit of money to buy it. And the player controls one of two fighter ships piloted by Asuka and Maya. They're twin siblings descended from ancient civilians of Mu. One little tidbit about Mu is if you've ever played DuckTales 2... I'm pretty sure Mu was one of the ancient civilizations that you traveled to with Scrooge and DuckTales 2. So that's pretty cool. And basically, the twin siblings in Crisis Force must save the world from a breed of artificial monsters from the lost civilization of Atlantis. Uh, The main feature of the game system is the player's ability to transform into three different ship forms, each that have their own unique attack method. So to keep things simple, we'll... um, We'll call them front offensive type, so front, side, and rear for the for the ship types. Because I know throughout the week and in the forums and everything, we are calling it whatever. And it's called an aura wing. A-U-R-A wing is what the ship is called, like the aura wing. So you got front, side, and rear modes. And... In the, the plot of the game, apparently the twins are typical high school students living in Tokyo, <laughs> but they're from Moo or something. It's Well, they're descendants. So. Yeah, exactly. And they have a same om- ominous dream and seven monsters that sunk down to the land of Atlantis and destroyed. Most of the civilizations are suddenly revived. Yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Pretty crazy. Amazing. Yeah, and then like they're both children of a brave warrior from Moo who fought against Atlantis 10,000 years ago. And now they're awakened to their true destiny, and they're the only hope for mankind. (laughs) Uh, They each board their own respective aura wings and possess mythical power. They fly off to a continent shrouded in dark clouds. (laughs) Pretty cool. Pretty amazing. Um, One thing that's cool is the game's music was composed by Kenshi Matsubara. And that guy was known to have worked on Castlevania II Simon's Quest. No shit. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking awesome. That's a sick fucking soundtrack, too. I've been listening to it a ton lately. Very good. Yeah. And, yeah, so that's a really cool little tidbit. He's done other stuff, too, but that's, like, the, the main one. Like, he did some other obscure game called Lightning Fighters, which was an arcade shooter. But, yeah, like, that guy... Freaking cool, Simon's Quest. That's fucking cool. Yeah, I can kind of see like the arpeggios that he uses are very similar. Totally makes sense. Yep. So yeah, there's the wallpaper. As always, I'm not going to go into gameplay because I'll leave that for Grumble Grumble Kyle Meister. Yes. Always of the always. Here we are. <laughs> always of the always. <laughs> Lord. So, uh, yeah, it's basically like a sci-fi Egyptian theme. Yeah, I, I love how it goes from, like, Atlantis to Egypt, like, real quick. Yeah, because that's what it, Atlantis is, like, an early form of Egypt. And supposedly when Atlantis went down, there were a few survivors, and they that's where they, like, escaped to. It was, like, Egypt. And then supposedly uh, there was another side that escaped to South America, and that's why both have the pyramids. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, it's just kind of like hearsay and stuff, but Plato uh, did say that Atlantis did exist. It's like, he, he mentioned, like, if you look from the pillars in Greece, like, south or something, like, you can see it, Atlantis. There's something in, like, a writing like that. So some people think that it, it sunk, and they, they had figured out, like, energy, 
how to get, like, infinite energy with, like, pyramids and stuff, how to, like, harness the Earth's magnetism into raw energy, and that's kind of where the pyramids came from, but that's the whole thing with the game. There's, like, so many pyramids and, like, shooting lasers everywhere. Oh, my God, it's amazing. So amazing. And there's a level where there's, like, like uh, hieroglyphic tablets, and these things come down and they shoot lasers, and the lasers, like, bounce off all the little tablets. And they bounce off of them in certain geometric directions, which is awesome. Yeah. It's just, like, the perfect game, because that's the stuff that I'm into, too. Like, ancient civilizations, and then you, you mix, like, space shooting, and then you mix Konami, and you, you mix these graphics. I mean, we should just start with fucking graphics. Like, the parallax scrolling is, like, psychotic. Like, okay, so in the very first level, about three-fourths of the way through, the the ground, like, opens up, and it's this, like, canyon. And the enemies are, like, in the background, and they come up and attack you, and programming they're like little dots and you can see them moving and then they get bigger and bigger until they're on your plane and then it's it's just so brilliantly designed like it it really pushes the nes to the extreme yeah it does and um the the one thing that's pretty crazy is that i'm thinking that if you emulate this on a power pack or an everdrive that it doesn't emulate that chip properly the four chip properly as it would on the actual cartridge which is why i think kevin might have been experiencing more slowdown than we did now mind you there was some slowdown but i only noticed it once i started playing in hard because the enemies take more hits and then there's more enemies on the screen and more bullets and everything yeah but like in in normal i was like mowing down but that's my ocd nature like kill everything on screen or else they're gonna be a continued threat they overwhelm you. So the only way is to like pick the weeds as fast as you can. Once you use the uh, the side the side mode, it's one of its uh, red power ups. Is you know the homing missile. So then you just mow everything out of your way. All the simple enemies get killed like near immediately. Yeah, and you you kind of figure out what's best for what situation because you have three those three ships. So sometimes when you're in like a confined spot, what's it stage three? where you have to go, like, in between stuff. It's kind of like a life force type deal. Yeah. Like, close quarters, I guess is the best way to describe it. You gotta, like, kind of weave through, like, corridors in a canyon. I was alternating between the second and third ship, because you could shoot to the side, then you could shoot below you. So you you get really good at that, though. Like, because the second time that I played, I played the first day I played it for, like, four or five hours, on and off. And uh, I was just chilling on, like, a Sunday afternoon. And then once I got that strategy down of, like, the different ships and the second time I played, I really took it to the next level. And what I noticed, and the thing is, what enabled me to beat the game in an easy way, at least on normal, I haven't even messed with it on hard yet. On on normal, it was this third ship, and you can use these bombs, and each ship has a bomb that's, like, different. They do yeah. different things. And the third ship, though... He, like, teleports, the ship, like, teleports, and then he, like, reappears in a certain spot. Yeah. And that's actually the strongest bomb, because if you, and you can't get hit while, while you're doing that, so I, I would just put my guy on the boss, and I would just keep doing it, like, over and over and over. Now, you get three bombs per life, so usually the guy would be dead by the third bomb. Yeah. Let's just say you died, you had three more bombs, so, like, that really is the way to, like, no death run it. You just have to minimize any, like, conflict. Like, anything you can do. The, the very first bomb is pretty cool because it shoots this spread that lasts for a long time and, like, circles the screen. 
that was helping me a lot when it, things would get hairy. I'd just shoot one of those bombs out, and it would just it would just kind of like cover the screen with enough time. So like first mode would be front shooting mode. Um, I think second mode is rear shooting shooting mode, and then three is side shooting mode. So so the yeah, the side shooting mode is the teleporting bomb, and the irony is is that if you look on game FAQs, it's a little guide. It tells you whatever you do, don't use that bomb. Yeah, like, you just fucked up, because that's the best thing in the whole game. It is the best one. The thing is, the the way that I did it, I would play it for, like, 20, 30 minutes, and then I, I would do something else for a while, and then I'd come back and play another game, and maybe I'd get to the second or third level, and then I would put it down for a while. But I played it in a consecutive way. I didn't play it straight, though. Um, if yeah. I said straight, maybe... Two hours, two and a half hours. Well, my first playthrough was pretty funny because um, I had I this was one of the first reproduction games that I got back in the day. So I've had this and I played it and got pretty good. But playing it again for the podcast, I actually forgot that you could change modes. And I play this like without any guides or anything for the first playthrough. So I was playing through it on um I, I don't know if I was playing on easy or normal, probably easy. And I didn't change from uh, front shooting mode the entire game. <laughs> and I got to level five or six. I think it was five my first time through. And I didn't change modes at all. I think Kevin did the same thing. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, that's exactly what I did, actually. <laughs> so it just shows you, though, that like the controls aren't immediately intuitive unless you're the type of person that just like constantly messes with things. But normally, when you press a, the second button in a shooter, you shoot the bomb, and you don't want to waste it. So that's what I was doing, is not wasting it. And every time, for some reason, I guess, every time that I would shoot the bomb, I was, you know, holding the shoot, the fire button when I did it, because that's how you shoot a bomb. Because if you press the um, the A button, that's how you switch your, your ship mode. If you press the A button without anything else. But if you hold the B button down and press the A button that's when it shoots the bomb. Am I right with that? Yep. Totally, yeah. totally right. Yeah, so intuitively, you know, you don't press the A button because you don't want to waste any bombs. Well, I never, you know, figured out that you could switch modes until, like, in the second time I was playing through, I was like, oh, shit, I forgot about this. And then the game became a lot more doable for me, and I was able to beat it in normal, and I can get pretty far and hard. The thing with the last level for me was crazy, because I had continues left, but I had one life, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to try my hardest. And I actually beat the last level with one life left. Oh, jeez. And, like, I, I didn't think that I would, but it was just, like, it was kind of like the do-or-die mentality. Like, you just, I just zend, like, so hard. It was crazy. It just you just become one with the game, and it's just like nuts. It's awesome. But that that last level is kind of like a boss rush of new bosses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like little mini bosses, like Anubis on a chair. I mean, the shit that's just like totally badass. You know, Egyptian shit is so cool. Yeah, and the the controls are just so fluid. It, it's it's like Konami's gift to the world. It's like hilarious. <laughs> Konami's <laughs> gift to the world. <laughs> because you can play it almost forever because here's what I want to mention like difficulty, easy, normal, hard. You can choose all three and you can choose how many lives you want. So you can configure everything as far as like how hard you want it or how easy you want it. So you can ease yourself in and then once you get better and better at the levels then you can make it harder. You know? 
And then also, for those of you that aren't good at shoot 'em ups, there is it is a Konami game. So you can do the Konami code. Oh, I didn't know that. And it gives you, I think, 15 lives nice. per continue. <laughs> I was getting extra lives left and right anyway, so that's a lot. Yeah, so it's like you basically almost have like conscious style 30 lives. Um, I was trying to do that in hard and because I didn't know about it until after I beat the game on normal. And then in hard, I still was having trouble because the hardest level for me wasn't level 7. It was level 5. Which one is that? Is that the fire one or is that 4? I can't remember. Uh, five is the one where at the end you have the ship and you have all the guys diving out of the water and then the sh- and you're going the ship's below you and you got to blow up the little turrets and then you scroll below yeah, the ship and that scroll up. A pain in the ass. Like the Pharaoh battleships. Yeah, it was a pain in the ass at the end. Um, <laughs> and in hard, when everything takes more hits, it's freaking it, it's a lot harder. And it was to the point where I would get to the end of 15 lives at the end of like just battling that boss. And I was like, Jesus. <laughs> But my thing is, like, I six bombs probably max will take them out. So that's just two lives, and you get bombs during the stage. Just save them up, and then when you get to the boss, just just go crazy. That's the best recommendation. Because the thing is, too, is that it's not just the very end boss. There's multiple phases to the level five end boss. That's what always got me. Because um, if you lose your power ups, then your homing missile's gone, and then you're getting hit by everything, and you have a little pea shooter. Yeah, what uh, what I think is interesting is like uh, certain people have trouble with different levels. You know, like each person probably hates or loves a certain level. It was weird because in that fire level with the volcanoes, like I didn't get hit once the first first time I played it. The second time I played it, like I was getting hit all over the place. So it's it's so weird how sometimes it's just it's weird how your mind is. You just never know. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I think the volcano level is level four. If five's the yeah the sea yeah. And then six is your crazy pivoting mirrors level. Yes, tablet world. Yeah, that's when, it, that's when the Egypt really comes out. And seven is the final hall, which seven, I used the side guns a lot because there was stuff on the wall. So I would just switch to the, the third ship, this, the side gun ship, and just waste the shit out of them with the homing treats. Yeah, I almost used the side uh, ship with the homing power-ups the entire game. Like, there's very rare times when you need anything else. I pretty much went between one and three, and it was certain bosses I would use, too. There's a boss where the guy's, like, behind you, and you, like, go back. That's that's the thing, too. In the game, certain enemies get, like, behind you, so you have to switch the ships. Yeah, that was the uh, level five boss, is the behind you There's one. one, too, in, like, I don't know, level three or four, where he's, like, a mini boss. Oh, yeah. That dude's annoying as fuck, dude. I hate that guy. And then then I learned the bomb and he's, I didn't hate him anymore. <laughs> then I didn't hate him anymore because he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, Kevin? Um, well, it's kind of boring because my experience was almost identical to Jeff's. So it's kind of like repeat, re- repeating the same story. I did exactly the same thing. When I get a shooter game, I put the button down to shoot and I never let go. So I never knew I could change a ship and I got... Uh, the only real difference is I... I knew that bomb thing, so I was using bombs left and right to survive those bosses, so I did get to level 6 not knowing any better, but I certainly didn't pass it because I was on my last continue from uh, level 6 trying to get there, and um, 
when I did revisit the game again and I started trying to get used to changing the ship, which definitely changes dynamic of the game, yep. I was almost used to just doing it the way that I initially played it, and I kept kind of just leaning towards just always shooting forward and getting used to that. Uh-huh. And it wasn't working out so well for me because I only got to level 7, and once I got to 7, I ran out of continues again, and unfortunately I didn't get to conquer it. But I do feel that... I'm at least decent enough that if I tried out the two-player option, I could at least be a good wingman and see the end of the game. But yeah, I'd have to grind at it a little bit longer if I was going to be able to beat it anytime soon. Maybe if I get more time, I'll try it out again. That is the last level. Yeah, I did get the last, but I mean, boss rushes are probably my weak point. I mean, I'm good when it comes to the level, but when you start doing boss rushes, even if they're ones that I beat, I don't know, maybe it's something that just phases me. I just... I'll screw up on one of them and do fine on the others, and then I'll just mess up my whole game or I'll run out of lives. So, it's really hard. Just do normal, or? Yeah, I did normal on everything. Cool. I did normal That's on good. all. So, yeah. I mean, I'm one of those, uh, I come from generation, like, I only do easy if there's, like, a certain reason that you have to do it. I tried to do normal, and nowadays it seems like normal's easy the way they design games nowadays, so... It's kind of funny how things have changed. Normal's almost hard if you did normal on the old games. <laughs> but, no, it wasn't too much. It was a great game overall, though. The only, the only other thing I think I can mention that you guys didn't was uh, the first level reminded me a lot of Ninja Turtles for some reason. Hell yeah. Like, the graphics and the style kind of looked like Ninja Turtles 1 on NES. The buildings. So, yeah, the buildings yeah. and stuff, and almost some sound effects and kind of the music a little bit, but All maybe it, I was yeah. just gra- maybe I was just grasping at straws because the graphics reminded me so much of it. But that was kind of funny and enjoyable when I saw that because I think Ultra published uh, Ninja Turtles, and that was a subsidiary of Konami because of the licensing. All the Konami games have are, have have like a brethren feel. Yeah, definitely. They have the brother-sister. You can tell that was like a Konami-related game. Yeah, and it's always just fucking quality. I mean, even the first Turtles is still, like, quality, though. I beat that game before, like, that's the thing. Wow. Like, it, you just have to know how to beat the that little, like, reef level that no one can get past with the bombs. Yep. And then you yep. have to know where to go in that next level. Hardest for me was always the magnets. The magnet level, it always just, like, it would just pull me in and I'd die. I had the trouble with the stupid caves getting all messed up in there a lot when I did it. It was a pain in the butt. You guys got further than most people. Most people only get to, like, the fourth level. Yeah, I was hell-bent, though. So I, I beat it once, but, I mean, the real challenge is beating it without Donatello, because I just used him, like, 80% of the time. He's great, though. <laughs> yeah, he's the one to yeah. use to I just manipulate everything. whatever I had, pretty much. Just... I think the new thing now online I saw is a lot of people call it the Raphael Challenge. It's like, beat the game only using him. Because I think he's got the shortest range. Yeah, I was going to say that, but his it's strong, though. Is it stronger? Yeah. Okay, I, yeah. I didn't even know if it was oh, yeah. balanced that Everything's way. Everything's relative. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. At least they factored that in for that game. I never noticed, so... So, as far as Crisis Force goes, the second playthrough, it was just so exhilarating. That's the thing about a shmup and why it's more of, like, an adult-type game to me, too, because kids never appreciated, like, shmups, shoot 'em ups you know? It's just one of those things. And then you find that you grow older and you look around and Musha's worth $300 and, <laughs> and Gunnack's worth almost 50 now, maybe more. I think it's close to two now, damn game. <laughs> yeah, and you look at Power Strike for Master System and Power Strike 2, and you're just like, oh my god, like, what the hell? Uh, I think Truxton for Genesis just cracked 100, uh, wow. and uh, Gaiares for Genesis is like at 70 or 80. 
Diaris went up in price too. Jesus. Yeah, those are complete. That I'm saying, not just the cart. You gotta you have the whole, at least the case in the cart. Well, Genesis is easy to complete comparatively. Yeah, I noticed though Genesis prices are going up like uh, Mega Turricans worth like 80, 90 bucks. Like Ghouls and Ghosts is going up. Yeah, that's worth like fifty or sixty about in the box now. Splatterhouse two. This is like ninety or a hundred. Splatterhouse three is worth more than two, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. and then like Mutant League Hockey is worth like seventy or eighty. <laughs> Road rashes went up. Did they really? Yeah, I saw those go up higher. Electronic Arts. Jeez. Well, I mean, everybody's getting exhausted buying for the systems that's too ridiculous. So, like, hey, Sega Genesis is a good system. Might as well start dumping money on that, at least. You know, it's like the next thing. Super Nintendo's bubble is just, like, insane. Ugh, it's it's scary looking at Super Nintendo games nowadays. Like, Knights of the Round, King of Dragons. Like, holy fuck, like, 80, 90. Yeah. Mega Man X3 and Mega Man 7 have both, like, skyrocketed in price. Oh, Mega Man X3 is, like, $200 or something, man. Yeah, Jesus I never got Christ. seven. I got the X's back in the day, but I can never find seven. I regret never finding that one. And then they had the boxes with those. I was looking like Super Double Dragon box. Someone's trying to sell it for like one hundred twenty dollars online. I was like, jeez. You want to know something sick today? I was looking for an Atari Jaguar six button controller, uh-huh. and uh, I found online is like $150. I'm like, oh, okay. I heard they're about 100 bucks. I go to look at it. It was just a box to it, not a controller in it. <laughs> <laughs> just went 150 Jeez. bucks for the box alone for that damn controller. What God. the hell is the controller? A million dollars? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Like, holy fuck. And I couldn't find a controller online. It was just a box for it. One hundred fifty bucks. So I can only imagine. I still can't find one of those damn things. I wanted to really get one just to have one at least. What is it compatible with? Kasumi Ninja or something? Yeah, no, I actually wanted it for uh, for the Jaguar Doom because I wanted to set the bumpers to strafe so that I could have some strafing bumpers. And uh, it is compatible for a good majority of them. You just have to, like, set them. You know those buttons that are, like, the pad and you'd put, like, the relay, like, in television uh, over on the bottom? It oh, says yeah. a, lot of, a lot of the games you can program what those buttons do to the buttons that are added. So it's however you want to customize it for a lot of the games from what I read. That's not too bad. Either way, we don't want to get too far off track with Atari Jaguar. That isn't exactly the best system to talk about. Hey, <laughs> I, I love my Jaguar. I got a I got a box Jaguar and a bunch of boxed games. Nice. That's rare as fuck. Kyle's got the best one because his is dental equipment. Dentally equipped. <laughs> 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 so, so yeah, the thing was like you you can't replace the whole bottom and top shell because the bottom shell is like attached to the the board like hardcore wow um so i just replaced the the lid with the white so it actually was cool because it like offsets you know nice I, I just keep the other one somewhere else in like a you know box or whatever i still want to know what it did for dental equipment like what'd you do like plug in a dental cartridge or something i don't get it it was it was like <laughs> a uh it was just a housing for i think like a tooth scanner or something like yeah, I think all they used was the shell, and they put whatever they wanted in it. Oh, okay. It's just funny. Atari is like weird ventures. <laughs> yeah. The bizarre shit yeah. they like get involved with. Like, what the fuck? Like, landfill, like, E.T. shit. Yeah, and selling the prints to a dental company, like the, <laughs> the molding. Yeah, that retro <laughs> game system is going to use the same molding, too. I don't know if that Kickstarter yeah. started yet, though, right? Yeah, because Mike Kennedy, the owner of the Retrovia, he bought those molds from the dental company. Nice. So, yeah, so 
basically like he's producing the molds and he has the cartridges too. So he's going to, the cartridges are going to look exactly the same. Cool. Um, obviously all the innards, the internals will be different. Yeah. The, the interesting thing is, is that he wants it to not be internet capable at all. So once they release it, it's not going to be upgradable. Hmm. So that's, that's very interesting. They just want something that's going to last, you know, forever. Kind of like the current system. So what it is is what it is. So there's not going to be a, all right, so there's certain games that can only play on the upgraded system or something. No, it's it's going to be a, a finite system. So that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know exactly all the specifics yet. I know he's been revealing slowly, and um, they should be going to Kickstarter this month. I was told. I don't know, though. Can't wait, because I would love to uh, see how it's going to do. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That second in, in a Fune freaking Kickstarter failed. The game failed. <laughs> Did it really? Oh, wow. Really? But yeah, the in, in a Fune one failed miserably, but ironically, the anime got funded. Really? So yeah. they want a show instead of a game? <laughs> well, no, the show was like 100000 whereas the game was 800000 Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, they only had like maybe a sixth of the backers for the show. The irony was is that like maybe a week before the, both Kickstarters ended, they said, oh, don't worry, the game will still be made. <laughs> so basically they told everybody they needed their money to make the game and then rescinded it and said, oh, no, we got the money. Wow. <laughs> that's that's crazy. It was a big F you to anybody who may have backed that. It kind of pisses me off. And then the other irony was is that they also released at a convention that they're pushing Mighty Number no. 9 back till next year now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like six oh. more months or something ridiculous. And fans are pissed because first there was a rumor about it last wow. week. Everybody was pissed. And then they said, oh, no, 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 it's just a rumor. And they tried to squash it. And then they put it out <laughs> officially. Man, I guess you're just, you're just, uh, you, there's nothing you can do about it, right? Because it, it passed the Kickstarter, your money on it. I don't know. Well, yeah, like I, I backed it and I backed a physical copy. Yeah. And I'm, you're, basically with the Kickstarter, you, um, you back the idea of them doing this. Yeah. And so, like with mine, people backed my idea of me doing the book and Rob doing the game. Now, if something happens and, you know, Slide Out Studios goes under and they can't do the game, um, they can't do the game. Wow. Yeah, like, me being the person that I am, I'll figure it out and there'll be a fucking game. God damn it. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. So, so if, and if Fune decides they don't want to release Mighty Number no. 9, they, they won't release it. There's been a couple Kickstars that I've backed that have never had anything come out. Wow, yeah, it's um, so they're really rolling the and dice some, with those. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It is. It, it's basically that's why it's really important with Kickstarter that you watch the video, you know the people, if they have a track record. Yeah, you know, like if you're back in a brand new NES developer, that is rolling the dice. There's a um, there was one called Lizard that came out that I backed, and it was like fifty dollars for a CIB or something. It's really cheap. The guy didn't realize what he was getting into because he charged so little. And then now he's posting updates like, hey, it's taking a lot longer than I expected. <laughs> like, he's like a year. Nice. Like, he's he's like, he's like I think, six months beyond his date or something now. And Shit. Because Mystic Searches, the guy who's programming that, who, Joe, who was on our podcast, yeah. is also programming the NES Quest game. And they think that they're releasing their RPG next summer when Joe is still working on his game. 
Like it's not done yet, and he's you know gonna make it perfect because that's what Joe does. He's gonna make a good game. Yeah. But that NES Quest game could come out in three years, for all we know. Because the thing <laughs> oh, is, man. is that once Joe finishes his action RPG, now he has to learn a whole new genre with the RPG system. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not like the other ones being built concurrently. You can only concentrate on like basically one mega game at a time. You can do some side project games like a puzzle or something, but not like a full adventure. Yeah, <laughs> so that's another Kickstarter that I backed, and I'm, I won't see that one forever. The ongoing joke one is a Pure Solar HD, because I think it's been almost four years since I backed that one. I was I, I was two houses ago. I've moved twice. <laughs> oh, man. Since I, backed, since I backed that one. Pure Solar HD is on Xbox Live right now for HD version. Huh. They concentrated on that for some reason instead of the backers, because I backed the Dreamcast version that hasn't come out yet. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was supposed to go on Dreamcast. And, you know, you would think they would concentrate on, you know, the people that helped fund you first. But no, they they threw it on, you know, the Xbox and the PlayStation Network. And so that way they can make more money. Wow. Priorities, man. Priorities. Yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty crazy. <laughs> it's funny, though. Let's let's finish out uh, Crisis Force. Is, is a great time. Yeah, it's it's time to go around the horn and um, you know, give your you know your last thoughts on the game. Sweet for me, it's there's a number of A plus shmups for the system. Um, I'm gonna go through them in my opinion, and basically they're either an A plus shmup to me is one that either pushes the system to its limits, mm-hmm. has basically amazing graphics uh perfect controls and great music and konami has actually made a lot of them with life force is one gradius is another gradius 2 which is actually for the famicom mhm uses the same chip as crisis force mhm crisis force is another gunnack reka summer carnival 1992 or Ninety-two, as it's more commonly called, Summer Carnival '92, uh, and Over Horizon. Yes. And um, I'm trying to think if there's any more that I would have to put in the super top tier. And the great thing is, you can still get Life Force, Gradius, Gradius, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's really the only two that you can still get um, at a decently affordable price. Gradius Two will cost you like thirty or forty bucks, and the rest will cost you like seventy to a hundred and. Who knows? <laughs> Infinity. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you want Rekka on the cart, it's like over two or three hundred bucks. Wow. So I would suggest going to the NES dump and getting a repro. Yeah. Yep. They do awesome work, and it's probably the cheapest you're ever going to find. And you don't need a converter. Nope. So, yeah, definitely an A-plus for me. Like, what's wrong with it? I don't know. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, as far as a shmup goes... If you could find something wrong with it, every other game that's a shmup on the NES has something worse. <laughs> so it, it's like the best of the best in that league. You know, like, I, I, that's pretty much how I feel. And um, I can't, I'm trying to think just real quick of any other A-plus ones, or at least ones worth, like, really, really checking out. Uh, there, There is the homebrew that came out called Blade Buster. Talk about that one for a second. All right, so basically that game was developed as a homebrew, so it developed like one or two people, but it was developed in 
either China or Japan. I think it was Japan because there's some kind of kanji on the original release. Somebody's since translated it and there's an English version out there. Basically, that game is a TurboGrafx-16 caravan shooter. Um, kind of like Rekka, but it's more akin to a, a Turbo game and how it works because there's only two and five minute score attack modes. There's no like game game mode. It's only score attacks. Um, and the really cool thing is, is and it kind of reminds me of watching um, old Takaishi Menji back in the day. Because as you're playing it, um, you shoot certain spots and you get these super bonuses. So like one of um, in Game Center Six, one of Arena's challenges in the first season was to to beat this one boss where you shoot him in the middle and you get like what hundred thousand points or something. Rarios and Star Force. Yes, and Star Force the Rarios. Rarios. <laughs> um, it's it's a it's a mid boss actually, yeah. and they have a very similar mid boss to that in Blade Buster. Cool. The really crazy thing is, is that from Nintendo Age, Paul, uh, one of the old school Nintendo Age members, that is his gold medal game. Like he is the best in the world that game. And yeah, I've I've played him versus it head to head, and he's destroyed me. Like, and I'm pretty good at shoot 'em ups, and like he just knew where every single bonus was. Once you learn the little nuances, it's you're off to the races with those shmups. Yeah. Now, now with Blade Buster though, I don't know if they just copied the code from like Oreca or another shoot 'em up, and then just modified everything in it, because it really does seem similar to like Oreca. I just don't know, um, you know, how similar it is or not. Like it could just be a, a mod, but I I think that it's more of a homebrew. Um, well, I just, I just wanted to add like the the graphics are almost like sixteen bit. Like like it, it's it's kind of what Over Horizon does. Where it pushes the limit, and what you're seeing is 8-bit graphics. It, it's like that could pass for at least PC Engine graphics. Yeah, they just—it's just really good art. Yeah, it, it is amazing art. Yeah, and that's the thing is—is is like you could you know throw Atari-style graphics on a Nintendo, but if you're a really good artist, you can really produce some amazing, amazing graphics and art on a Nintendo. I mean, it's proof positive. You know, we've we've seen some crazy stuff where people can reproduce Freddy Krueger on it and <laughs> Hellraiser. You see Pinhead on there from a homebrew and things like that. It's like they can do that. You can definitely make some amazing things. Color Dreams was supposed to release a Hellraiser game. If you look it up online, yes, yeah, yeah, somebody actually did the um, or either it was a leaked prototype or somebody just redid the the intro. Because it's pretty cool. I've I've actually played it. I have it on a on my EverDrive. That'd be great to see. Yeah, it's it's basically like the beginning scenes from the original Hellraiser, where um you know they're playing with the cube and then the 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 uh, hooks pop up and like rip the guy's skin oh, yeah. on the Nintendo. Frank, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. One more thing though. One more a a plus game. Abadox. Glad I didn't forget that. Wow, Abadox is an A plus for you though. Get good at it. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> You'll understand. It it goes up, down, left, right, like every direction. And once you learn how to like get boss of that game, it's fucking wonderful. A lot of people love Guardian Legend as well. Thank you, Guardian That's Legend. That's one of mine. Guardian Legend. Thank you, thank you. I I'm so glad you guys didn't let me forget that. <laughs> there there's probably more, but that's that's what I'm saying. Like you really have to think hard because there's you know 700 whatever games the NES and whatnot. 
Technically, uh, I love Jackal. It's not really a, a scrolling shoot 'em up, but I, I I do love Jackal. Yeah, it's like a running gun. So like a, That's a fun one. It's like Commando mm-hmm. in a Jeep. It's like an over, overhead running gun. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, overhead running gun, and then there's like side-scrolling running gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I, I think we've covered a lot of the, the at least the big ones. And yeah, I know somebody somebody will definitely chime in on a viewer mail and let us know if we missed something, which would be great. Please do. Absolutely, we'll read it on air. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm kind of that's like from a shmup perspective, it's like an A plus. And from a game perspective, since I like shmups, I guess I got to be biased. And uh, I, there's nothing wrong with this game, in my opinion. I, it's an A plus. The thing that really is over the top is you can make it easy. Abadox. You know, I could see someone docking it because it's hard as fuck. And this this game, you can ease yourself into it, you know. You can put it in easy mode, and then it's really easy. What I did, I played it on easy for, like, a few levels, and I was like, alright, this is, like, really easy. And then I flipped it. Normal's, like, perfect. So, but but it's cool. If, and even, like, people who are uh, don't play games as much, you can, maybe they can get into it because they can start easy and give all the lives and all the continues... You know, they they give you a lot of leeway in this game, plus all the bombs, three per each life. Like, jeez. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. That's uh, that's me. Nice. So, since you compared it to shoot-em-ups, I'll compare it to every other game on the NES. That's what I was hoping, yeah. Yeah, so, so basically, when you look at a game, what you want to look at is all the different aspects that make up a game. And... Just because this was not released in the States and it was a late release doesn't mean you need to judge it any differently. It doesn't show up on a lot of people's favorite games all the time because they've never played it. Not because it's <laughs> you know not a great game. So basically what you want to look at is graphics and sound. And the whole setting, you, you know you're in like an Egyptian pharaoh-style Atlanta setting. Like it's, without a doubt... Like the the gra- it draws you in the graphical capabilities of this game. It draws you in the sound effects. Every shot has impact. The music is amazing. It's very catchy. Oh god, yeah. And it, and it's it's classic Konami because all the Konami shooters all have amazing soundtracks. And the fact that the guy who did Castlevania two did Crisis Force only makes it even better. That's fantastic. Like, knowing that even bumps it up another notch. Um, now, for playability, like, this game has as much replayability as even, like, a Mario Brothers because of the difficulty settings. Um, the fact that you can use the Konami code only means that you can play longer, and it's hard enough and hard to where you're still going to die some, so it's not like it kills it completely. Now, if you use the Konami code on easy, you're going to blow through the game. It's not going to be an issue. Oh, yeah. I mean, you won't even need to continue. But um, even in normal, you might need to use one continue on using the Konami code because the game is challenging. Now, there is a little bit of slowdown, but it's only when things get ridiculously hectic and the slowdown actually helps you stay alive. And it's the NES's fault. Yes, it's not the game's fault. The game is pushing it. They even added a chip to the board to try to, you know, limit, you know, the the actual slowdown. And I, I just want to throw in here as perfect spot. Some some like genius programmer needs to just like brutal doom style needs to come out of the woodwork and just figure out a way to make like a little expansion deal for the NES to make it not slow down. Same with the SNES, especially the SNES. Yeah, wicked slowdown on that system. 
like some kind of little expansion mod where you can press a button and turn it on or off at will. It's like a Game Genie, and you just plug whatever game into it. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, comparing it, though, to other different games, I mean, and, you know, graphics, sound, you know, the actual gameplay itself, like, the ship moves at at pretty much a perfect speed. Um, Even when you gain all the speed power-ups, it doesn't seem unmanageably fast. Now, that could be a deterrent because some people thrive on being able to move extremely fast to be able to, you know, rack up as many points as possible. Um, And then it doesn't go as fast as a Blade Buster or a Rekka, but it moves very quickly and it's very responsive and it's perfect for the speed of the enemies, how they move. It never feels like the enemies are too quick and you can't, like, maneuver. Those old, like, NES shmups... It just it yes. feels so like clunky, like Star Force or even like Xevious kind of. It's just you can't like go crazy. And it's like the old adage, even like in Pac Man, where the ghosts move faster than you. Yeah. Uh, there's none of there's none of that mm-hmm. in in this game. This game has the as a perfect flow, perfect difficulty ramp. There's certain levels that are more challenging than others, which is a telltale sign of a good game. There should be some difficult levels because it makes it memorable. Fuck yeah! It's not just a cakewalk. You're right. So I mean, I also have this in an A plus ring yeah. because I I do have I have no issues with this game at all. I love shoot 'em ups anyways, and top down shoot 'em ups are my favorite. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's not an issue. And I mean, I've actually since this was one of my first reproduction carts, I've had this game for like six years or something on an NES cartridge, and I've played it quite a bit. Um, haven't played it in a long time to the point where I forgot about the switching of the ships, which is pretty cool. Pretty funny story then, but amazing. I love it. So what about you, Kevin? That game, I really, you'd have to nitpick it to give it a bad grade. Uh, the only thing that I only had the small problem with was the slowdown seemed heavy, but unfortunately it's not a fair, um, judgment because I had to, put it on a flash cartridge i could i don't have the real actual cartridge and since you enlightened me on that it actually has a chip in it that makes me think you know it's like super nintendo games that have an fx chip you need that fx chip for it to run properly so if uh i'd love to actually play it on an actual cartridge so that would definitely be a breath of fresh air but i i felt a little more slow down than i care for dealing with at times in the game and maybe i was just frustrated because most of the time that I felt that slowdown, that's when I died the most. So, I mean, that, that kind of really got under my skin. But since it can do, I mean, it's revolutionary for what it did for 1991. I really don't even understand why they didn't release that game in the U.S. Because I think it would have sold at least fairly well, even though the Super Nintendo was still out. I, I'd have to yeah. say just, just solid A. I mean, to me, A-plus is like... Gun neck just for me because that one feels like butter when I play it. This one was very good controls, but I mean my definition of perfect is really gun neck, and this one's just slightly not as perfect to me. So that alone, but regardless, it's a must play. So I just give it an A. So it's a must play regardless. <laughs> yeah, there was a few, um, especially in hard. Like it seemed like some of the enemies were perfectly placed to the point where if you got killed. It was like right around when a power up would come up, and you yep. just missed the power up. Yeah, and then your and then your flashing S to get your speed back up would go right off the screen as you're trying to go get it, and you would have to get through an enemy 
to get it. So it was kind of like they would kind of troll you on some of that stuff. So it made you want to never get hit. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> basically. Yeah, for real. Which is hilarious to me. But yeah, so um, so we got two A pluses and, and an A. Now, <laughs> I think with homework, if it's not A pluses across the board, we have to knock it down. Oh, it's just an A. I knocked I, it I down. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, an A plus it has to be perfect across the board, all three. That works. Like a half plus. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep in mind, uh, Rondo was an A plus. Nobody could argue anything about that damn game. So you got to think of what you're comparing. But yeah, like no, I still I love the game. It's amazing. And speaking of Rondo, I think we should take a break here in a second, but then maybe even go back on our favorite like times and yeah. memories over the last season. Yeah, so we'll take a little break. So you want to talk about our favorite moments in season one? Reflection episode. That'd be cool. And more. Who knows? Everything. Go crazy. There you go. So um, I guess we'll do a little project update for the uh, any backers who might be listening. And for I know me and Kevin, during the break, we're just chatting a little bit. We're talking about doing uh, T-shirts and things. And right now, uh, we have a post-campaign project page. Uh, <laughs> and basically what it allows is I've had multiple people, like, immediately when the Kickstarter um, ended saying, hey, I wanted to back, blah, blah, blah. And a couple people said that they expected to see a project page afterward. And I didn't even think about it. But the project page has been live. I did send an email to all the backers. I haven't posted an official one until the money gets deposited because I don't want Kickstarter to get flaky or anything. But yeah, we have everything up there, all the items uh, from the Kickstarter that weren't limited. Or Kickstarter exclusive. Joe right now said that we could put the NES Villains print up there. For that one, since nobody bought a print that wasn't part of a tier, we lowered the price for the 7x11 to $50 instead of 80 And then for $80, you can get, as a Kyle request, you can get a 24x36 poster for your wall. And then... For 160 bucks, you can get an actual canvas print of the artwork. That one's sexy as hell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fucking amazing. We also added t-shirts. Right now, they're at 30. I'm actually going to drop those to 20 because we can do it for 20. It's not an issue. That was one thing me and Kevin were just talking about during the break was t-shirts. And 
I can definitely drop those down and still be fine because you'll still be donating to the project a decent amount at 20. So that's not an issue. Um, me and Kyle actually have been guinea pigging around with some shirt ones. I actually got the complete NES shirt in the mail. I got a white version in the mail. So I tested the white one. It's awesome. It actually is like every other t-shirt. So it's like ingrained and it's not like an iron-on fucking print or anything. <laughs> <laughs> like the free iron-ons you get in magazines and you like iron Yeah, on. like... <laughs> um, That's classic. <laughs> Nintendo Power Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are terrible. Dude. I don't know though, if <laughs> Kyle remembers, but the uh, the VG Masters Club fucking t-shirts from back in the day were almost reminiscent of that. They're fucking garbage. They're bad. <laughs> That's why I was really wary about getting t-shirts, but the quality of these is, is fucking good. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, the white actually goes up nicely, Um, so now I gotta check the black one. But the thing is, is that this project page is only gonna run until... Sly Dog Studios finishes the game. Once the game is finished and done, the project is at that point, the, that project is complete. What we're going to do from there, though, is actually transition to a store. So then I'll still obviously have my books, but we'll also be able to have some video game bullshit uh, podcast items. I know we'll, we have a couple t shirts because Kyle has that awesome freaking Biocom logo. Yes. Throw that on a t-shirt. Um, we could throw the salamander picture on a t-shirt. That'll be fucking cool. And there's also an idea of putting season one, which we're finishing right now, on some kind of physical release. Probably a thumb drive of sorts. Make it look cool. Cool. Yeah, because, you know, put it on CDs. That's old hat nowadays. But um, if people request it, though, we could obviously put it up in the store. And if somebody buys it, we can, you know, make a copy or something. Yeah, on, on request. Well, mine on an uh, 8-track. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit, if you know how to make 8-tracks, Kevin. There you go. Do it to it. Um, and that's the thing. Um, <laughs> it's very important is that all these items that we're going to do with the store are on demand. We're not going to make a surplus of anything. That's how it should be because who knows like, yeah, that's how the best. going to buy what. Well, yeah, because like, back in the day when we ran uh, Video Game Masters Club, uh, you couldn't buy shirts per item unless, and it would cost like thirty dollars a shirt or something if you bought individual shirts. Uh, so we had to buy in bulk, and I still have some. <laughs> like it's like, they get stuck. Yeah, I still got some, man. Because you got to buy all the different sizes just in case. Well, what if a three X wants one or a sm- extra small? Or and it's like nowadays, like the with the internet and com- competition. I mean, we can get T-shirts. And charge twenty bucks and still make a little bit of money for the project or for the podcast. Yeah, now now that we're on t shirts for a minute, um so yeah, we, we made Jeff and I designed two VGBS t shirts, but um Kevin I'll I'll show them to you once they come in the mail and you'll because I have no clue what they're gonna look like either. Yeah, surprise. We, we, surprise. we ordered some <laughs> we ordered some samples and this one is gonna be um the one that's the Biocom logo, which I know Kyle has a, in his signature on Nintendo Age in the forums nice it's a red t-shirt and then the salamander one that was designed is the black t-shirt so we'll be able to check the quality of them too to make sure they're all right yeah yeah and whether you got to upgrade fabric or there's there's upgrades we can make too they cost more now don't you have a shirt too kevin because i saw you mentioned on game sack you wanted a game sack to wear your shirt on there oh i was mocking <laughs> i was just being uh, being myself and mocking them that's all i don't have anything because they always wear like a different shirt they're well they're always wearing like uh one of their uh 
Friends Channel shirts now. I think I don't know if they're paying yeah. with games or something. So I'm like, oh, hey okay. Joe, what game do you need? And I'll I'll send you a copy. Here's my shirt too. See if he wears it. You should make one of your banner that you got made. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. With the Nintendo Power Glass like yeah. breaking on that old school poster. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be you cool. Have to have a super. We we had to blow up the Biocom one like hardcore. Oh uh, really? I have the right software to do it, so it, it didn't, like, distort it, actually. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's 2015. It's good times. You know what's crazy, though, is with the complete NES one, I sent them the low-res, and it was only a fraction of the size. I sent them that, and it looks perfect on the shirt, and it was really? low quality. So when I send them the high-res for the real ones, it's going to be amazing. Super dupers, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So, Kevin, you got to make sure, too, if, if this site works, because it's actually a real issue. Yeah, well, we'll see how it pans out, and then you guys let me know the experience you have with it. I'll probably follow suit with you then. Well, I mean, one thing with KWK boxes, you're featured yeah. on Gamester 81's channel now, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> on his webpage. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. No, that's nice, too. He's shooting out Facebook, um, like, hey, there's a new review, and I saw KWK box got a freaking, you know, advertising push from oh, that's Gamester. Cool. He, does that, he does a lot of those now. How'd you pull that one off, Kevin? I, I contacted him a long time ago. I was just like, you know, uh, he sent him an email, just let him know. I said, check out my channel if you get a chance. And he got back to me months later, and I almost forgot about the email because the guy is super busy, I'm sure. And uh, uh-huh. he just said that he enjoyed what he saw, and he said it's great. And he says that he doesn't have a, a – if it's all right with me, he would add it to his site. And I said, hey, that's what I'm looking for. So – it was pretty cool. He's a really nice guy about it and just said, hey, we're all just a gaming community. So his, uh, his focus on the community is really nice there. So Oh, Gamester's awesome. He was yeah. like one of the only YouTubers that actually backed the pro- my project. Really? Yeah. He was like wow. one of the only ones that did it. Like, you know, like even like remember what we said about Pat the NES Punk? He said oh, yeah, that's right. Mention- he said did he would mention us. No, fuck no, he didn't mention us on the podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, double talking Pat. <laughs> well, I mean, he's cool in person. I had no beef with the dude, but yeah, he did yeah. say that you know he would mention it, and he didn't even like I didn't notice it. So I mean, <laughs> was he intimidated by your book because he wanted to release one? You're stealing all his revenue now with your awesome book. <laughs> That's actually what he told me at the, the too many games. Like we're in direct competition. I said no, we're not. Like, dude, there's number one's can be released so far apart. Everybody has plenty of money to back both books. Like yeah. it's not an issue, and they're different, different scopes. Oh, definitely. One thing that's crazy about the book, though, is that, um, and I was actually talking with, I don't know, if, I don't know if you were on the email chain about this one, but I'm adding how many players each game has. Yeah, I remember reading that. That's cool. This will be a cool discussion. Yeah, because there yeah. is no Wikipedia article or consistency standard on any website that shows how many players are in an NES game, and it's weird to think about. And you'd be surprised, like, really? And how many are wrong? For example, (laughs) today, I'm in the H's now, and I'm I'm doing it, like, slowly right now because I'm working. This weekend, I should be able to knock it out. But um, high speed, it's a pinball game, right? It's it's just like Pinbot. I know it's multiplayer. The Wikipedia page says it's one player. (laughs) The NES game. It says NES, it says Nintendo, high speed, single player. And I'm like, wait a second, so... 
I fired it up on the um, – there's like some emulators you can play in, in your browser, kind of like yeah. what we used to do. They stole our code actually. <laughs> it's four players alternating. So Wikipedia is wrong on that one. I'm not going to edit every single Wikipedia page. So basically <laughs> my book is going to be the first ever accurate collection of every Nintendo game. So it's going to say whether single player, whether it's one to however many players cooperatively or one to however many players alternating. Ah, cool. So basically, if you can switch the controller between each other or, you know, you play at the same time or and then like certain games, like I just make the decision whether it's co-op or alternating like a golf game. You're really not playing at the same time. Yeah. No, that's alternating. Yeah, that's alternating to me. So some of that stuff will be subjective, but it'll tell you at least how many players it supports. Which there's there's no standard for that, and it was funny. It's just one of my buddies drinking beers when I was at the reunion, and he was like, "Hey, dude, I'm lazy. If you put that in there, that'd be amazing." And I'm thinking about like that's an awesome idea, and I'm basically I'm putting it in parentheses right above the screenshot, so it fits there perfectly. It doesn't impede in anything. It looks awesome. So if, so if you went in the end. In- like in the index of the book, would it be in the back and be like, I can look up and see in the index all the co-op ones if I wanted to just read them down a list? or That would that would take a long time. I could index <laughs> that. I, I was just curious. I don't know. I'm just asking. Everything that I add to the book is going to add a few weeks to a month's time. Oh, I can imagine. Especially when I'm looking at every, almost all 800 games. If I want to do something like that, I have to look through every single one yeah. 20 times and make sure I got them all. And that's going to take me, to do it right, it's going to add another month to the release. Wow. I'm trying to avoid releasing, you know, not releasing it till next year. I don't want to do that. I want to release it, like, in the next month. <laughs> yeah, really. Off the top of your head, which ones are the eight-player ones? Um, the eight player ones that I've seen so far have mostly been those game tech, um, the game tech, uh, game show ones. So a lot of those. One of the weird ones was one of the, uh, one of the, uh, strategy games was like seven player alternating. <laughs> it was like one of like Nobunaga style games. Oh, like the Koi ones? Yeah. One of those is like seven player alternating. Each one you choose like the character from the scenario. Each one can choose one of the seven. And you can just keep going. It's like uh, the Advanced Dungeons & Dragons style games. You can just keep on adding characters, and each person can play their own. Yeah, and it like, reminds me of the Intellivision catalog, and there's like seven people in front of a small TV, and they're all like going crazy. Yeah, that's freaking nuts. But but that'll be a really cool aspect to the book now, is that you know it'll tell you. So when you flip through, you can be like, oh, here's a freaking two-player game. I mean, you know, the classic four-player game is Nightmare on Elm Street, four-player co-op but there's more yeah the um the the crazy little one is that the original bomberman is single player and then bomberman 2 uses a multi-tap but it's only three player (laughs) three is a weird number to like stop on well yeah especially since the multi-tap has four controllers they just didn't program the fourth player in there it's bizarre Mm -hmm. so it's like little things like that i'm learning as i'm you know, writing the book, like that's, that's why adding that's essential. Cause I'm learning something when I'm learning something new with the NES. It's like, yep, this needs to be in the book hundred <laughs> percent. And uh, you know, that's a, that's a really cool aspect that's going to add to it. And I mean, it's still, I'm still going to have it done here in a little bit. And then I got to re go through just one last time. Cause I already had an editor go through it's a secondary person. That's not me go through it. And, submit some edits and things and then 
Um, I'm going to do one last little scour through it and then send it to the um, to the publisher. That'll be fucking cool. And um, while I'm doing that too, um, actually, I sent Kyle and Kevin a little little demo. Um, and basically, my first book, I went through and actually was able to decrypt the um, the PDF that was sent to me from the original publisher. I was finally able to convert it to a Word document. And it is ridiculously poor quality, the first book that I released. Um, once I look at it now to my current standard, it's not even nowhere near it. So I've been modifying that when I get some time um, too. So I'm going to take, it's not going to be Hidden Treasures, going back to my original fucking name of my book. It's going to be Hidden Gaming Gems, Generation by Generation. And that's my first book's release. Instead of having five games per generation, I'm going to do six. I'm going to add the current generation, and I'm going to add a homebrew section. It says homebrew's exploded in the last five years since I released this book. So uh, I know I've asked Kyle and Kevin since, you know, we've done a couple hidden gems on this podcast oh. today. Uh <laughs> <laughs> That, you know, we actually got a pretty good base. If you guys want to get your you know, name in the book, not an issue. Like, it's pretty simple. Um, it's going to be, it's, it's very picture heavy. So, I mean, essentially, you know, a page and a half, two pages for a good thorough review is good. And then when you add the pictures, it, you know, it spreads it out and makes it very readable, very palatable reviews. That's what I like about the book. I'm going through, though. And all my old reviews, I'm going to reread them because a lot of them aren't up to my current review standard anymore. So I'm going to make sure they all fall in line and they're very, you know, a lot better, like, written well now. Yeah, I was reading my Junior Pac-Man. I was like, that's fucking written great. <laughs> I wouldn't change a thing. Your, your Junior Pac-Man one is, is nice. Um, and that, so, so for example, um, the first five games in my original book were atari and commodore the first thing is that the first section chapter one like it just has you know a little blip it well i now am going to add the systems that it talks about in there so chapter one and it'll show a picture of an atari and a commodore because when you see the chapter now you know what systems are covered in there it only makes sense but like we covered Hero and Crypts of Chaos and um, Friday the 13th on the Commodore, River Raid 2, and Space Taxi. Well, I was like, well, Kyle already wrote a thorough review on freaking Junior Pac-Man. It fits the standard. It's just as good, if not better, than some of the older written stuff. So I was like, there's a sixth game for that one. Um, there's also some garbage games in this book. It's supposed to be about hidden gems and hidden treasures. And a guy wrote about Tagging Dragon. Oh, good. Airstrike Patrol, I'm deleting that one. Um, and then in the last generation, I had a couple fucking doozies in there. I put Demon Souls, that is not hidden. And then it, at the time, it was kind of lesser known, but Demon Souls to Dark Souls, it's a fucking popular series. So, no. Um, and there's this Mystery Dungeon game that's just not that good for the DS. I'm removing that. But, and Battle Kid is not going to be in the NES, and it's not going to be in, you know, Chapter 2 anymore. It's going to be in the Chapter 8. Because Battle Kid is a homebrew. So that leaves open for, you know, a Crisis Force or a Shatter Hand. And then deleting ASP makes room for, you know, a little Turbo Graphics PC Engine shoot em up that Kyle might love. <laughs> Spriggan World. Yeah, that'll have to be a homework assignment for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, that'd be an amazing one. But yeah, like this book though, like basically I'm just going through and formatting and things and you know, writing, it'll take a little bit of time. So it's not like it's a priority because my priority right now is to get um, the complete NES done. The one thing I'm going to do, and me and Kyle were talking about this, is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually um, brand the spine with something. Uh, I'm thinking about doing Roman numerals in the order that I've released every book. Like, cause I think that'd be pretty fucking cool, which means everybody gets the complete NES is going to be like, why is there a Roman numeral two on the side of the book? <laughs> like, well, and anybody, and how I see it is anybody who notices that or is interested in that would be interested in getting a copy of my original book. So that would be a win-win. That's it. If you're, if you're going to do that, you just put it in the back of the book. Yeah. So people can like see it and understand like what it's there for. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is in like in the back, I want to put like some kind of kitschy 80s thing like more from this <laughs> more from Higgins Alley Publishing or whatever the hell I decide to call it volume one yeah like, yeah like volume yeah. one is this volume three is this um because there is a volume three in the works too by the way a third book and Kyle was actually got an email for this I don't know if um you've read it yet but back in 2011 we we did this collaboration thing called ultra review roundtable and it was 10 people from around the internet. We got together every month and we reviewed a game, kind of like the bullshit homework. And we maybe we each wrote about two or three paragraphs about our thoughts on the game. We didn't necessarily all play the game as a brand new experience, though, like we do with the bullshit homework. But it was kind of like where, where the homework started, I guess. Kind of pretty cool. But I think Kyle participated in one of them. Uniracers, I think. One Kyle participated in, maybe participated in two of them. Yeah, something like that. But but yeah, like my one buddy though, Chad, participated in the the shitty game one that we did. I think we did Rex Ronin, Experimental Surgeon, or we did one of those. And for Super Nintendo, it was a really terrible game. But he loved that aspect. And then um, in 2012, he actually was um was killed in the Middle East. So the last time I spoke to him was when he participated with Ultra View Roundtable, and he was loving it, and then he had to deploy. Like, I'm going to dedicate that book to him, to my buddy Chad. Right on. I sent nice. an email to all the old contributors. That was the first email that I've sent to them since, since it. The only person I didn't send an email to was Chicken Little. He was a member of – he actually participated in – the very first Ultra View Roundtable. Um, he was a participating member from Video Game Masters Club. He was a member of our website. Wow. <laughs> like That's he, weird. Yeah, like he was the little, the tiny fish at that point. He was participating from us. He was just starting his YouTube channel at the time. Other guys like Eric Bailey, who did NintendoLegend.com, and he started a whole giant website doing retro and current news. Um, that website recently is going away. But he participated back then. Um, there was a few different, like, pretty big names that participated, and they're all going to participate again so far. Some of the lesser-known guys that I haven't seen anything out of them in the last five years, um, I haven't, they haven't heard back from them yet. Like, our Sushi X hasn't gotten back to me yet, because <clears throat> we had a Sushi X reviewer. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Sushi expired, I think it was. Yeah, expired. That's brilliant. That's <laughs> fucking brilliant. Cause that, for people who don't know, Sushi X was an EGM, and he was like a classic. And it's just one of those names that like stands out to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so Sushi expired because you know, it's like years later. So it's funny. Yeah. 
the irony was is last year at the Icon in Iowa when I was got my first award from Walter Day, uh, the original Sushi X was there. <laughs> I got to meet him. Is he like a little Japanese guy or what is he? Mm-mm. Just a normal dude. Just a normal reviewer, like a normal gamer. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny about a name. You get all these like images in your head. Yep. Yeah, and I, I think some of the guys didn't realize who I was like from the um, Ultra View Roundtable because I used Hagen Dragmire the whole time. I never used my name. You know, like I, sh- I sent them emails and stuff, but I never used my real name. So now that they see that now I only use my real name for everything. So some of those guys might not realize, you know, oh, wait, yeah, you, you just released a book because, you know, basically I, w- I want to put it in print format. We did nine Ultra View Roundtables. They're pretty fucking big. But we did nine of them, and then we want to do a, a tenth mega one. Now, I'm, I'm thinking Contra would be fucking amazing. But what do you guys think? Should we, like, have, if we have, like, 10 to 20 people doing this, should we do just Contra and we all talk about Contra? Or should we all pick our favorite Contra game? That way there's a wide variety of topics. Because in the original one, if you had, like, you know, six people writing... You, you inevitably had like two or three write about, oh, well, Contra is a, shoot, a running gun game where you shoot people. Like they all write like the same thing. If we opened it up to the your favorites in the Contra series, that might, you know, open up for more topic of discussion. I don't know. Yeah, diversification would be your best bet just so then you can avoid so much repetitious just because there's only so much you could probably say about if everybody said the same thing about the same game, you know? Yeah, because I would tell stories on mine now. Do Contra stories. Yeah, that's what I would do. I would do stories. There you go. Done. Stories about Contra, because I know, I mean... We all have our fucking Contra stories, man. (laughs) Exactly. And that's the thing, too, is that after, you know, I figure out who from the original is going to be a part of it, and... You know, I get caught up and uh, the complete NES is done and, and released. I'm going to probably reach out to other people I know in the community, too. I mean, if Kevin wants to write a little bit, too, obviously, definitely down. Oh, yeah, I got to get my writer's block out of my way. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's two or three paragraphs, man. Just drink some alcohol, man. Yeah, there you just, go. Not a lot, though, just a little bit. But it's no, it's, it's easy just to, enough, it's easy to write enough. a paragraph or two. It's when you got to write, like, drunk. a book, man. That's what it's <laughs> But basically, I mean, we could just talk about it on the podcast, and I can transpose it, too. Cool. Yeah, yeah and as far as homework, too, for next week, we were thinking about, uh, do you, did you want to go with Spiritual Warfare, or what, what were you thinking? Um, doesn't matter. I mean, we're going to have a couple weeks, too, you know, because... Yeah, if we got a few weeks, then uh, make it one that, I mean, that's kind of an adventure one that takes a little bit of time. Can you save yeah. that one? I've never played it. I've just seen seen know. videos. I highly doubt it has a battery in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a Wisdom Tree game. Mine's sealed, so I have no idea. <laughs> well, yeah, you're just, you already have the ROM anyway. Yeah, yeah I got the ROM. Um, I mean, yeah, we can jump on that. Do we want to start the um, Season 2 with a potential turd, though? <laughs> well did how did we start season one we didn't start that one with an a plus game that's for sure um uh wrecking crew, wrecking crew. Was, <laughs> the very first episode obviously was the the nerd well because there's some um yeah our first homework that was wrecking i'm in crew. homework yeah, yeah that was wrecking yeah i mean because there's games like i know cal's mentioned metroid a bunch of times i mean i wouldn't mind playing river city ransom again like, there's... Oh, yeah, we definitely do that one. There's some fucking gems. I mean, Kyle's mentioned we need to play Spriggan a bunch of times. 
That's another shmup. I mean, there's only so much you can say about a shmup, too. Yeah, I think we should wait on the shoot 'em up for at least like five. Um, oh yeah, try to do different stuff. genres each time would be our best bet. Yeah, to, like, we had we had like we a platform section on the podcast for a while. Yeah, so. that's what's yeah. cool about spiritual warfare because we'd never done like an it's a whole different RPG, and that's one that's probably short enough. I've never beaten Crystallis either, so that's another action RPG. That one's a lot bigger. I'm that, sure. Does that yeah. one take a while? Because I don't know. Yeah, we don't want to chrono okay. trigger the game here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely not that long. But... There's, there's also Gremlins too. Okay, definitely gonna play that one. That's an amazing game. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm just low. I'm straight looking on my wall right now. My Renzo wall. The Gremlins two. I was actually gonna mention that. that yeah, that's a good one. Sunsoft tunes are the best. And yeah, I've and... never put in the time in that. Speaking of top downs that we need to play, Star Tropics is definitely one. It's just I think that's too long of a game. It's fucking yeah, hard that'd be shit, like dude. a whole season game or something at least. And we're not doing season games. Yeah, <laughs> that's one thing, and it's a perfect transition to um our stories from season one. Yeah, I'll go with the first one of my first favorite stories is is that um we kind of use this as a trial and error season. Yeah. Because we, we tried, like, doing a season game, like, doing Chrono Trigger, like, one of the greatest RPGs of all time, and me and Kyle were sitting there hilariously trying to find ways not to play Chrono Trigger, <laughs> like, throughout, <laughs> like, we're sitting here, Kyle's like, yeah, I want to go watch the paint dry on my wall, or he's, like, looking at to do other stuff, and it's like, it's to the point where when a game, when we gotta talk about it, and we gotta play it, if it's... A very long game, it feels forced for some reason. I don't know why. Well, there's only so much you can say. Like yeah. Kevin with like what Kevin said with the Contra thing. Like Yeah. It gets to a point where it's like yeah, you run around, you shoot guns and It's not like it's Doom and you can talk forever. <laughs> and even Doom ran its course. Oh, Doom definitely ran its course. <laughs> That's the thing. There were like four Doom corners and then we're like, Alright, we're gonna put this on the shelf. Yeah. It'll be back. <laughs> Go towards some NES stuff. But it's just knowing, like, alright, it's run its course. Like, like Vince McMahon said, like, everything has its own, like, little life. Mm-hmm. So true. It's so true. And just knowing, like, when the gimmick's over in, in, in his realm, or knowing when the game is done, uh, talking about it, like, I mean, you, you know. Well, the, the best part about us is that we have no filter, even when we're talking in emails and shit. So we're like, hey, let's cut it. <laughs> Like, all right, we're gonna end Chrono Trigger now. All right, we're gonna we're gonna move away from this. I mean, we even took a break on homework just for if you notice, like even with Doom, like Doom wasn't really homework. It was more like we were obsessed with it for a while. And I think yeah. King's Quest was the last homework. No, yeah, we definitely rode the Doom wave. Yeah, yeah and, then, and but we knew to ride it, and we knew when to get off it. It's a thing. It's like yeah. a surfboard. You gotta know like when they get on the next wave and surf down that one. That's exactly yeah. what it is. It's TNC Surf Designs. And the thing was, is it was really awesome uh, with us, like, being able to play online and, like, on the whole, um, was it, um... Zandronium? Zandronium. <laughs> Zandrodudum. Yeah. <laughs> um, that yeah, was that awesome. <laughs> that's, like a, that's like a little, like, sector of the freaking season of the half year, because basically each season's probably going to run about half of a year. That's what it's supposed to be. I mean, that's, that's what music is. Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains said, like, every album's like a snapshot of their life at that time. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. The thing with the homework is it forces us to, like, get involved with these games, whereas we probably wouldn't 
if we didn't have that incentive. Yep. That's where, that's where the game has to be a shorter one. Yep. I mean, we can even in season two jump on some classics like I haven't played Little Nemo in a long time, or like awesome. I've been trying to play through fucking Mega Man X. That motherfucker's been pissing me off because the SD to SNES MSU One Mega Man X, which is like Mega Man X with metal music, it keeps fucking freezing. Oh. So, so like I get to chill Penguins level and I go to go get one of the heart tanks and it fucking freezes the second time i tried it i tried it again the next weekend and i beat chill penguin and then the game fucking never gives me the power up it freezes again so i'm like it's starting to piss me off like i, I might just have to play it standard Mega man x on the actual cart <laughs> yeah it's it, it's cool how you're saying like with like little nemo like since you got the box from uh camp out like it's like now i need to beat this game because it's like on my shelf like ah yeah. yeah, that's a whole nother mentality. Like, when you own it and when it's yours, it's, like, different. Perfect example is last weekend, I was like, fuck it. I need to beat Double Dragon 3. Yeah, because you got it. I fucking played Double Dragon 3 painstakingly. Um, was figuring out how to, you know, time everything perfectly. And I actually beat the fucking, the broad at the end. Now, how did you beat her? And I'll, I'll tell her. Oh, my I'll God. Tell you, I'll tell you my strategy. And um, you tell me yours. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, basically, I was just dodging her when she would get in the air. Jumping around was important. Like, you had to time the hurricane kicks so that way she couldn't uh, kill you immediately. Because if you didn't time the hurricane kicks right, she would, like, as soon as you land, she would just kill you. She has spells where yeah. she, she pushes you into the wall. It's like oh, a, God. It's almost like a. A force like um that Star Wars like Dark Force where you like push somebody. Yeah. It's like a force push. And she also has a thing where she goes into the ground and then she comes out as like a fire snake. That's what she would get you with. And if you would time two perfectly uh perfectly done hurricane kicks, you could avoid that every time. And then you could hit her a couple times and then that I slowly killed her that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, weapons are good, too. I would just suggest moving a V-pattern on the screen, because if you move in a diagonal V-pattern up and down, just keep moving, she can't target you with her spells, or it's, it's very hard for her to. Yeah, the, the whole game, you pretty much need to move in, like, diagonals and things. Yeah, and the thing is, like, once she gets in line with you, that's when she does the force push. Yes. So you just have to keep moving. And don't get on, don't get on her plane, like, or at least more than, you know, for a second or two. And then she'll hit these certain points where she's kind of like, like a weak point where she's not doing much, and that's when you like land the hit. Yeah, and you get in like a hit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's painful. The thing though that got me through the whole game, the best thing. Okay, so when you run forward, forward the run, yeah, you do a and you do a jump kick. It's like a super jump kick. And it, it gets him for more power than just a normal jump kick. So every guy, I basically run toward him and jump kick him. I never do a jump kick without a run, ever, in that game. I'm not going to lie. I, I learned that from you. So, yeah, that helped me. <laughs> yeah, that's, and also you can jump off the walls. So you can jump kick into the walls. That's amazing. So so that's that's the thing, though, is I didn't go into this blind. I actually got a lot of training from Master Kyle on this game. <laughs> a lot of training from you on this game. I just had to, you know, quickly relearn it. Because I own the box game. I can't have the box game without beating it. It's just it's it awesome. wouldn't be yeah. right. So, like, like looking up here, I did just complete my Dragon Warrior collection. And I've only, I don't even think I've beaten part one. 
So <laughs> that's that's a beast of a fucking quadrilogy right there. I don't I don't know if I'm gonna stick to that standard. <laughs> At least do two and three. That's my recommendation. <laughs> yeah, no, they're both they're all amazing. Actually, um, four is a little weak, but um, the thing is though is I wouldn't mind playing like a puzzle game for homework next season, like a Lolo or Lolo. I have Lolo three box. Oh, boy. that's funny. <laughs> we were just talking about that last night. Kevin's yeah, Kevin's wife Candace is like. The Lolo Master, <laughs> apparently she's beaten all three for NES. Nice. That's, that's like the only game she likes. I think three was like the one I used to rent back in the day. And so that one, because you could switch between the two characters, that one was yeah. like one of my most favorite ones. But yeah, I mean, that one would be a, like, we should do a few different genres for sure. We got to we gotta get out of the NES too and jump into some Super NES. Sky Blazer is just waiting I don't know if I have that one though. It's a it's a such a hidden gem, man. Oh my god. We haven't done many Sega Genesis games, have we? Well, we did Toe Jam. Yeah, we did Toe Jam, and you scarred us with uh, Adventures of Batman and Throb. Batman was gold. <laughs> oh my god. We need to do like a Neo Geo game or something. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Neo Geo would be a nice change of pace. At least with infinite credits, I got chances of beating the damn thing. <laughs> Kevin. I think we should do like Magician Lord or something. Oh yeah. Games, I wish I owned the game. I'm gonna have trouble with that one. I'll have to come over to Kyle's for that one. Yeah, that's actually not on a multi cart, at least not nope. that I know. Yeah, I, I own it. And the MVS yeah. is way more expensive than the AES, and I don't own yeah. an AES system. Yeah. I have the AES version. Nice. I was actually price charting, if you will. Neo Geo the other day. It's getting sick, too. <laughs> yeah. It is the Lamborghini to collect. I'm really glad I got all those AES games when fuck I did. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, holy Dude, fuck. the one that I picked up at camp out was Cross Swords. That one's fucking actually very uncommon. I love that game, too. It's like a medieval... Um, first Dude, that game is so long, though. Like, yeah, it takes like, forever to Like, beat. me and uh, Wiz <laughs> played it in Retro Raiders back in Indiana. Like, we, play, we played it with Infinite... Con- quarters and it took us like an hour and a half <laughs> yeah it's like how many how much money have we spent like theoretically i think we ca- tallied up it would have been like 80 dollars in quarters if it was a quarter per <laughs> per, per person mvs world yeah because <laughs> it's it's mvs mode is very hard mode yeah hell yeah which, it is. which i have verified mvs mode but but yeah because blues journey is easy to beat i've beaten that one a bunch of times that's, that's a really fun one because I'm just trying to avoid, like, the fighting games, because, I mean, there's a million. Yeah. I mean, like, a, a Sengoku would be cool to fucking play, Sengoku's too. Sengoku's awesome. I, I got one on AES, and I have two on the multi-cart, so. Yeah, because I think, it maybe you have three, because either two or three, one of them isn't on the multi-cart. I have the 111, maybe it is three, not, it's something like that. It's one of those, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I have two, but I think they're on, because I have a 520 in one. <laughs> Jamma cart and actually i did get last weekend my mvs working with the Jamma multi-cart but um yeah i, I don't know which one on the multi-cart is I, i'm pretty sure though i have one in three but yeah it's been so so the multi-cart though it's called a blue elf uh, multi-cart the issue with the mvs is that it's a it's Jamma, but it's like non-traditional and Jamma for the listeners is a wiring harness that is supposed to be a standard wiring so you could essentially plug it into a multitude of different types of boards and basically be able to plug and play. Back in the day, arcade owners, it would allow them to have um, be able to switch out games easily and make conversions easier to maximize profits. Well, this Chinese company decided to start putting out these multi-carts and 
I found this one. It's called Pandora's Box 3. Um, and it's a 520 in one multi cart JAMA conversion. Wow. It's fucking ridiculous. And the cool reason why I got the Pandora's Box 3 over any of the other ones is this one actually has some of the vertical only games on there. So some monitors on the arcade, some of them were vertical, some of them were horizontal. Horizontal would be like a Ninja Turtles. Vertical would be like a 1942 or a Donkey Kong. This one has Donkey Kong on it. It also had Donkey Kong Jr., Donkey Kong 3, Miss Pac-Man, like Frogger. There's a lot of classics on this. So I was like, man, this gives me the opportunity to get some of them classic arcade games, be able to play them until I get to my final house where I can actually buy all my essential arcade machines like right now that little blue elf um allows me to play them all but the thing is is that uh i plug and played it and it didn't work so i found out that the blue elf has you know wiring for a couple extra buttons because you know the neo geo is a four buttoner games like street fighter are six buttoners so yeah so there's some there were some grounding issues um i talked with jd another retrograder and he said, oh, well, you got to take this one and you have to ground it properly and you got to cut one wire and you got to triple weld another one. And basically he gave me this this little chart. So I followed the chart and I fucked it all up. Uh, so so we had to sit there and he, he, we talked on um, Facebook chat and he explained it to me better and I was able to do it properly. I had to learn how to strip wire with a fucking razor blade, by the way, so I don't have a wire stripper. Oh, you don't have a wire stripper? <laughs> no. Uh, I you mean, don't have, like, a hardware store down the street or anything? Like like a doggy bag at Kyle's Trials? You gotta go to the hardware store now, man. Yeah, that's that's the thing, though. It's like, I don't like to do ADD master stuff where it's gonna take two hours to grab my daughter and get her ready and go down the road. I was in, underneath my arcade at the time, so I'm like, fuck it, I'll grab a razor blade and just do it. And It probably worked alright, though, I guess. It worked perfectly. I figured out how to do it. It's just... Exacto, i probably recommend more if you had one of them. Nope. Um, yeah, because when I moved, I got rid of a lot of tools. So I had a wire stripper. I don't anymore. Yeah. Tools are what's all about. And actually, I might still have the wire stripper. I think it's just in our storage unit, which is another two-hour adventure if I had to hunt it down. Yeah. It's tough cookies. It's cool. Yeah. It out, man. So, yeah, I, I went through. Um, Remember what I said that the 161-in-1 uh, multi-board that I had kept on resetting? Yeah. I opened up the control panel completely. Everything was soldered. <laughs> like, not just the A button. Oh, shit. Everything's all fucked up. There was open wires all over the place. They just basically twisted a bunch of wires together and didn't put any electrical tape on anything. Oh, God. Are you serious? Oh, it was <laughs> fucking a massacre. So, like, one of the buttons wasn't even connected anymore. Like, what the uh, second player D button wasn't even connected anymore. So I I re I fixed everything, um, you know, used my electrical tape on everything, so everything's like perfect. And the one sixty one and one is always going to do that reset, so it's never going to work because until I get a new JAMA harness, those cost ten dollars online shipped to get a new harness. So that works. Yeah, yeah, the day the day that I decide to do a huge project and rewire the entire cabinet, it'll fix it. But right now the 520-in-1 works perfectly. What's crazy, though, is you can actually go in the options and toggle on and off each game 
Because with all Chinese bootleg carts, you're going to have Street Fighter, and then Street Fighter Hyper Edition, Street Fighter Hyper Edition 2, and, like, just modifications of a game, and, like, have 20 of the same game. It's classic, yeah. Yeah, so... 1001, really, it's, like, not 1001. Yeah, so I I basically (laughs) went through and toggled off all the fighting games that I'm not interested in, because, I mean, I can play a lot of those on my AES, too. So anything that I wouldn't want to play on a coin op, I um, toggled off and I haven't toggled off everything yet because some of the ones I don't know what they are yet. So I'm going to play them first. There's a lot of shoot 'em ups on it, though, which is awesome. Fucking amazing. Strider's on there. So that's fucking cool. <laughs> the, the irony was and that I was talking with Kyle about it is that there's no free play. Oh, yeah, the quarter thing. So you have to use a quarter. Um, some people mentioned that they hooked up a button to it, and there's a coin button on the inside of mine. I tried hooking it up, and I, it doesn't work yet, so I'm, I'm going to have to get some instruction on that because it doesn't work for me. But right now, if I put a quarter, like when you go to the menu, you put a quarter in, you can actually select a game, and then it goes to the game, and there's one one credit in it. And then you can play, and then you have to put in another quarter for another credit. You have to play like real game now. No, no more fucking around. And and the thing is, is I almost don't want to change that because it really does feel like a '90s style arcade now. Yeah, we were talking about that, um, Kevin. Like how for one, it's like an action now that you have to, you get like punished when you die because you have to take another quarter and yeah. put it in. Yeah. It's also kind of like retro style, too, because just the act of putting in the quarter is just so childhood memories. Yeah, I mean, the only difference is, is that, obviously, I don't lose the quarter because I can you know, grab it out of the tray if I want to. Yeah, it like, just cannibalizes itself in the end, anyway. Yeah, but I have, like, a stack of quarters right now, so I can just play. It's kind of cool, just, like, hearing that sound, too, of when you put the quarter in. Yep. All of it, just whole experience. It's awesome. Yeah, so it'll be. It, I, I think I'm just gonna leave it how it is and just play it with quarters. And I mean, again, this was my free MVS, so like this is just adding to the awesomeness of it. And the irony was that the only MVS game I've been playing was League Bowling, and that's on the 520 and one. So <laughs> it's a win. It's a win-win. But yeah, so the MVS is it's nice and hooked up. That was a because that was an old um, episode too, talking about the MVS treats. Yeah, a few months back. Yeah, fucking amazing. Adventures. Yeah, we've done a bunch of crazy stuff. and Yeah, it was pretty crazy as I was on a podcast a couple days ago. The Game Boat Show. I never even heard it. Like I didn't know what the podcast was called till I was on it. But um, they're in almost in the 80s or 90s for episodes right now. Wow. And they are nowhere near the competency of our podcast. Like, they're still reading off of a script. Like, we never read off a script, ever. What's a script? Yeah, they're like, uh, let's get out the script. And, like, they're doing their little intros. And I'm like, well, we just pre-record, you know, the, the general intro part just to make it sound the same each time. Consistency. Sounds more professional. And we put different music behind it, so it's different, too. See, like, that's the fun. Like, let's see what music this time. Like. Yeah. I mean, because they do the editing and stuff on their on theirs, and they're recording in a studio, a professional studio, because I guess at a college or something, they just took it over because they used to go there or used to work there or something. But, like, I had to call in. So I was on a cell phone reception and there was a lag it was like when me and kyle were talking i think it was episode two or three where we had like a 
a, a half a second lag. It was one we didn't use. Yeah, that could be it. Because it was, yeah, because yeah, we had that the entire time. We had this little lag, and it was like, I mean, if you do what we're doing where you record the actual audio, and I asked them, like, hey, I can record my audio and send it to you. And they were like, no, we just, we're just going to use this recording when you call in the studio. I'm like, that's kind of how the Stone Cold Steve Austin and Jericho ones are. They call into a studio, and it the quality is not as good as the direct recording that we do. The hiss, though, no one does, like, hiss removal. It's such an easy thing. It's like, dude, yeah. get rid of that fucking hiss. It, yeah. it's, it's funny because, like, it's almost like how you and you're playing on 8-bit graphics and then you play on 16-bit graphics, and then you go back to 8-bit graphics, you have, like, a vantage point. It's like once you edit enough, like, all that shit just stands out to me. Like, maybe it doesn't stand out to other people, but to me, it's like, it's all I can hear. Yeah. Is ums, you knows, because that's the shit I take out, too. Like, mm-hmm. you don't, and stuff's, like, not needed. Like, um, once I once I hear an um, I start counting them. Um, and then it, then I just, like, concentrate on it. Then that's all I can hear, and it's like, oh, God. What were you saying <laughs> on your first video with Kevin? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Kevin kept asking me questions. I was playing through Ninja Gaiden, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I would try to come up with something, but you're concentrating. There's an, it's almost like worth playing the game and then doing a voiceover after. But it oh, takes, it absolutely it, is, but it takes too much time. It takes twice the time. But if you're both playing a game at the same time, then I think you should do like like how me and Kevin did Doom. That's perfect. Yeah, take turns. That's like fun because it's our first impression of the game, like. And we're just chilling, so it's a very natural thing. Yeah, there's no, like, quota saying, hey, we're guaranteeing this is going to get beat. We still have yet to find a port we can beat the first episode. <laughs> now it's like the whole natural feel of, like, yeah. doing something off the cuff in, like, the podcast, too. And uh, I guess mm-hmm. Roddy, I was, I was listening to, like, some Roddy, Roddy Piper interviews. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Roddy. Yeah. He was saying at some point they tried handing him a script when he came back in WWE, and he just laughed, like... He was doing, like, you know, like a, a little guest appearance. He's just like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't use scripts. This isn't this isn't how we work. We had a huge, like, representation of Rowdy. Like, in my wedding, we had a bagpiper, and he played the Rowdy Rowdy Piper theme at the end. Yes, he did. <laughs> Fucking nice. awesome. Yeah, and basically what he's saying on the one podcast that I was listening to was, okay, so if you say what you say to a script, then you're you all sound like the writer. You don't yeah. ha- you don't have your own like personality anymore. So yeah, it's so true. Like you just ha- off the cuff is the only way to go, in my opinion. Yeah. The one thing that we need to do too is this time is give a shout out to Collector Cast because without Duke Togo talking with me on a drive back from freaking Philly, we would never have known how to properly record. <laughs> yeah, that helps. <laughs> he gave us the direct recording idea and. Like, ever since then, our quality went from, you know, fuzzy Skype calls to freaking perfection in, like, a week. Like, we had one week of transition where I think we fucked something up. And then, like, after that, we were, we've been golden. And then yeah. Kyle's, like, editing has, you know, like, evolved immensely to the point where he, he, he I think you were saying you want to go back and now, like, re-edit a third time. <laughs> like, some of the episodes, because, like, you've learned so much. Kyle Studios. Different ways to take out. Uh, I could probably take out those frequency noises now, like planes or whatever flying over. And wow, <laughs> that's impressive. I, I just need like a third of a second sample of it, 
and then I can just apply it. But I also learned how to like range it to where at times where I'd use an old version of Audacity, it wouldn't take it out. But now I have the new version has a ranger, and you can like put the meter all the way at the end if it's that's a high frequency, and just totally snip it. So yeah, it's almost like it's almost like the thing where you could keep going back and just fixing it, fixing it, fixing it. Which I'll eventually like remaster the old stuff. And what I like though is how we've evolved, and it's cool to listen and see how far we've come. Yeah. And it's pretty impressive. And my thing was, too, I said this a while back in one of our little conversations, like, once you go that far, like, you can't go back. No, and, like, we should always recommend to listeners, like, listen to our current stuff first. And then, like, then, because a lot of people want to listen from episode one. And it's like, hey, listen to our current stuff first so you can hear the difference. Just so you know what it, it will sound like later, so you can keep listening. Yeah, and episode one's pretty good because we're at Kevin, so he has that professional microphone. Yeah, but I had the fridge running. <laughs> I got rid of that one. Like, I already remastered all of them. Oh, cool. Yeah. He, you definitely made everything sound a, a bunch better. But I've gotten even more. That's the thing. If you keep working at it, then you get, like, another level up. So basically, if, if we do decide to do a season one physical release, that'll be the enough reason to go back. The premium and edition. Yeah, I'll do yeah. a final swipe. The thing is, is it just constantly evolves. Now we're going to have some VGBS t-shirts for it, which will be just fucking cool. I think starting uh, next season off with Spiritual Warfare is perfect because it's just such a wonky, weird way to start. Like, why not? a lot of funny things to make fun of and <laughs> oh, God. to say the least. <laughs> yeah, I've never right? actually sat down and, and honestly gave the college try to any of those Wisdom Tree games. I've never sat down and attempted it, so... I'll give it the college I'll try. I played through least. Bible Buffet before. Nice. <laughs> Candyland. Good old Candyland. Yeah. There's some hilarious like voice noises in there. It's Player uh, one. That shit's amazing. <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> uh, that's the thing though, this game is so perfect in every way. It's a it's a genre we haven't really done yet. Yeah. Perfect it's, disaster. It's an, it's an unlicensed game. Yeah. And it's a weird religious game from Wisdom Tree that rose out of the phoenix of color dreams. Yeah, it says on the back of the box, it's like praying digitally if you buy this game. <laughs> praying an 8-bit. Yeah. Praying an 8-bit. I gotta play 16-bit, get my double my odds. Wait, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Alright, so we have to read the back of the box now, now that we've decided. Oh, oh hell yeah! <laughs> Alright, get so us all spooked and ready. Right First of all, there's a sticker on the front of my box since it's sealed. says, over 250,000 Bible video games sold. <laughs> yeah, they made a lot of money. Yeah. They had their own market at that point because there were no other Bible things. So, so just so you can brace yourself for the awesomeness, on the front cover, it shows, you know, it says Spiritual Warfare. It shows a, like a, um person in a metal suit with no leggings on like there's like it's like a onesie almost like he-man <laughs> nice <laughs> and it's like but it's like a full like suit onesie um there's a big shield with a cross on it reflecting fireballs it looks of like course. the angels are attacking this person <laughs> um and there's demons everywhere so but on the back the first screenshot in the top left corner is of an airplane <laughs> like, okay. The nice. bottom left is a junkyard. The top right is a shipyard with like docks. There's a city. 
So it says airport, slum, there's a shipyard, a city, and then woods. On the bottom right, there is an actual sticker. It was sold for $44.99. Holy shit. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Sucker born every minute. Parental (laughs) educational guidance suggested, Kyle. Parental guidance? Parental educational guidance suggested. Imagine selling this to your parents (laughs) or your parish. It's like, why buy the Bible when I can buy this? 1992, it was released according to the back of the box. Okay, so you're a soldier in the Army of the Lord. Nice. (laughs) Explore the inner regions of a modern city as you endeavor to collect the full armor of God. Wow. Along the way, you'll encounter (laughs) villainous characters and numerous obstacles designed to test your faith. Correctly answering Bible questions will help restore your health and strengthen your spirit. And the irony is there's a space between spirit and the final period. <laughs> like, they didn't even, like, nice. nice fucking proofreading. Yeah. Okay, so it says 12 diverse territories, over 300 detailed screens, background gospel music. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. That's going to be great. Passwords allow you to save game, and full screen status bar with map and score. Cool. Oh, yeah. Now, Armor of God, isn't that a Jackie Chan movie? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so we're yeah. getting Jackie Chan's armor? Cool. <laughs> but actually, if, now that you now that I look at the, the front again, it does look like a city. It's just you look like an actual soldier on the front. So this will be an interesting one. I mean, the actual character kind of looks like the front cover. It's very Zelda clone. You got the hearts. Yeah, you got the hearts, you got items, you got, you know, swords, and we'll see how uh, good the the uh, quality is. It's probably controls like a Color Screams game. <laughs> so I think we should do that from now on, too, with the homeworks, is just, like, do a little foreshadowing. Yeah. From, like, if we don't own the box, we gotta just, we'll have to look it up online or something. But yeah, it's hilarious. And the thing is, is while this game is sealed, on the one side, it's like splitting open a little. You know, to add a little variety, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they released it also for the Genesis, so if somebody wants to play that version, you could compare and they did. talk about it. So, Oh, yeah. You got that option, too. 16-bit prayers. Yeah. Woo! Well, depending on how long it takes to beat it, if, yeah. it's, if it's a quick one, like Crisis Force, if it was on multiple, I would have been able to play it on multiple different ones, because I was able to beat it the first weekend. Nice. Um, if I'm able to beat this the first weekend or play it to satisfaction in the first weekend, I might jump <laughs> to the Jenny. There you go. Because I have Action 52 for the Genesis. Oh, That's cool. cool. But yeah, it's like really the cool. only bootleg Action 52 I've ever seen. It's a bootleg one. Oh, okay. It's in an actual Genesis cart, and it's it's definitely a bootleg because it's like fucked up artwork on the front. But um, it works, and so I don't know. if like I've never seen one like that before. Can a Genesis flash cart run uh, fi- Action 52 on it? I don't know. I was just curious if you tried it or not. I don't know either. <laughs> um, and I don't know if it runs Spiritual Warfare either. I do have the Je- EverDrive MD, so. We'll have to see how it lasts here. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't have Spiritual Warfare. I have it sealed, so I got to, you know, on the both the Famicom and the Mega Drive. I gotta... You got them on both, Kyle? No, I have the NES, though. Okay, I have well, almost all the unlicensed games, too. I'm missing maybe like ten. Stunt Kids. That's one of them. <laughs> That's the Codemasters mm-hmm. one. The only Codemasters one I'm missing. Missing I'm a Myriad. Yep, Myriad, yep. six and one. Uh-huh. 
Like the bubble bath babes, the hot slots. Oh, the Panesians. Yeah, those. The thing is, too, is that if you go on license, though, it's a never-ending fucking slum because... Slum, man. <laughs> there's officially unlicensed, and then you go into, like, when you're in the six and ones, it's like, all right, then go to the 101 and... 201,001. Yeah, it gets really... It's, it, it never ends at that point, so... And then you I got, think... what, those, like, Maxi 15s or whatever? And yeah. then they got, like, different versions, like one can connect on top or something? That's that's the HES Australian. Okay. You mentioned Maxi 15. Yeah. There was a... I saw it, like, maybe a few months ago. There's actually a commercial for Maxi 15 before it came out. No shit. And I don't know if it was 15 or 18 or something. And there's Hulk Hogan in it and a bunch of pro wrestlers from the <laughs> Well, that'll sell it. It was after they jumped ship from WWF to WCW. So they're all yeah. like post-roiding and like they're all running around. Like it was all off script, kind of like that classic Nasty Boys interview we saw from WCW. Oh, yeah. Like it was all like like a movie terribly off script. Like a bad 80s flick that's amazing. Yeah, they're all just running around <laughs> talking about these these games, and it, it's it's definitely it turned into the Maxi Fifteen. I just it doesn't exist. They're, they talked about a couple games that don't exist. Maxi Fifteen is like cheap as hell, though. I got that for like forty or fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because I didn't care about the label, like because they're all dead. All the labels are off. So I was like, I don't really give a shit about that. Mine doesn't have a label. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even matter because they're all garbage anyway. Like, yeah. as far as the labels go, I don't think I've ever seen a Maxi 15 with a intact label. Maybe one. Actually, Disc Replay had two boxed ones, and they were just, like, in the shittiest condition. But they actually, that's how Disc Replay came through a lot of shit. I mean, I've seen two boxed Maxis there. I saw a boxed Action 52, which yep. 140 bucks, and I'll always kick my ass for not buying that. <laughs> oh, there's so many that we saw. And it's like, the thing is, is as many games as we saw come through Disc Replay and we didn't buy, we weren't made of money back then. Yeah. Like, shit, we're not made of money right now. I could have afforded it, but it, it would have hurt. I could have afforded it. Technically. Yeah, it's that's it, where it's like, God damn it! I should have just well, been plus, like, like at just that get that point, second we, mortgage. <laughs> at that point, though, we didn't want to spend one hundred forty dollars on a Nintendo game. I still don't. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, I could have gotten Flintstones two for like three hundred bucks, like two or three years back, and I just turned it down. Damn yeah. stubborn Kyle! I was like, I know, because it's just like, why? I did. I never pay that much for any of them in the first place. So you can so get closer like, to getting that icon on Nintendo Age that you need. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That, that's that's what life is, is icons. Or you could just Photoshop a copy in your real collection. Oh, you shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Doing some fake shit, that'd be hilarious. Yeah, make it like a horrible, like, obvious one, like you just copy and paste it in paint and yeah, see if they, <laughs> what they say about it, see if they question you. Like, no, that's real. You don't see that? Come on, what's wrong with you? Sir, it's floating in the air and it has a black background. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> they better call you sir for how many damn NES games you got. Kyle, the picture you photoshopped actually has Penguin's head holding it. Like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Even better, have somebody else hold it. <laughs> incredible as hell. Like, <laughs> holy fuck. April Fool's Day, like, post. There you go. That's what I'm... <laughs> <laughs> they could give you like a like a a gray version of the icon for trying. <laughs> <laughs> gray runner up, runner up. Yeah, runner up. Close but no cigar. Yeah. Thanks for trying. 
<laughs> there's a cigar and there's yeah. like a like an X through it, like no smoking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's like no like, cigar, like no cigar guy, no cigar. <laughs> I'm about to take a picture of my ass, though, for the NES uh, tattoo with the Hudson Bee on my ass. Oh, <laughs> yes! Yes! Because yeah, there's an NES ink uh, badge you can get. There's 25 imports. I have, like, 70 or 80 wow. at least. And then there's... um Accessories, that's easy. That's super easy. I have, like, hundreds. Even homebrews, I think you got enough. My thing is getting it all out, like, for a picture. It's like when you're moving, that's when you want to do it. Yeah, I got a lot of mine because, like, in, when I had everything displayed in the basement, it was there, and I could just pull it real quick. But, like, now, like, no, I'm not going to dig out anything. Yeah, it's like, then you got to put it all back, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. speaking of displaying things, I got my all my uh, marquees I went over. I uh, got them all displayed now. Cool. Did you frame them, or what did you do? No, I just got them above, like, door frames, and, like, I have a Zelda picture hung up in the Double Dragon, uh, Marquis above that, and Contra's above the window, and Make Tracks is above the door, because you want to make tracks out the door. Are they, are they fiberglass? <laughs> uh, the ones that are fiberglass are above door frames, and then the ones that are, like, the flexible, like, material, because there's some that are, like, translite or whatever. They're uh, Contra and Double Dragon are both translites. All the rest are actual, like, hard plastic. So the ones that are translites, though, those ones are just on top of stuff. So, but yeah, it looks really cool. I'll have to send some pictures out your way. Yeah, I noticed the, the Contra ones were hilarious. Like, the guys in them, like, the faces, oh, it's so classic. Oh, yeah. It makes me, like, it just makes me laugh my ass off when I see that. Look like they're about to, like, rip ass, like. And what's hilarious, though, is I have Contra next to Double Dragon, and they're all, like, wearing cut-off t-shirts and have headbands on. All four guys, Contra and Double Dragon, they all look the same. Yeah, Double Dragon was an axe and hammer or something, was it? Something hammer and... Maybe it's anvil and hammer? Something, something like that, yeah. I don't know, like... <laughs> Some, something like that. Is it's, like, written on their arms? <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay. Yeah, so it's like... But it's, it's a really cool little little piece there. And then, yeah, I got the WrestleFest, and I cleaned up the Frogger on Marquee with a little WD-40. It's perfect. Oh, yes. Dabba do ya. That's all you need. My Miss Pac-Man Marquee, Pac-Man's next to it now, and it all looks, it all came together pretty nicely, and uh, my room is getting maximized, that's for damn sure. Collection world, then, yeah, that leads me to Kevin. So, are you gonna, like, are you guys looking on moving out? to a bigger house soon, or what are you thinking? As soon as I can find one big enough to hold this collection properly. You gotta get a fucking... <laughs> are you thinking like a massive basement, gonna, or... Yeah, like, I'll need like a football field basement to do what I need to do, because I <sighs> I do a lot of work from home, so I almost gotta section off a good portion of the basement, you know, like build a wall and kind of have an office area, and then still have enough for like a game room area, so it's gonna have to be... Be very wary of a, of a new house and a basement, because basements flood, and... Oh, yeah. yeah. I, knew I, I knew I heard a long sigh there. Yeah, like, cause my, as Kyle knows, when I got called when I was visiting him one weekend and my NES collection got rained on because a pipe burst. Oh. And then, and then yeah. another time, it just, the walls started fucking, like, leaking during a rainstorm. And, like, I had flooding multiple times in the uh, Plymouth one. Uh, the Mishawaka one was pretty cool because they had, like, these crazy plastic walls that I hated. They're ugly as shit, 
But apparently it caught all the rain and drained it all to the drain. Like if there was any ever any leaking, it actually never leaked to the floor. Really weird, but it worked. Yeah, yeah, that's what I got. It's like a system that's in my current basement I'm at that goes around. It's like a gutter system that's built around the whole basement floor. So if anything happens, it gets directed to the pit. Yeah. Okay. Even if it does leak, though, it's still damp basement. You don't want your boxes down there in that. Oh, no, definitely. That's why I got a 24-7 dehumidifier just to balance anything out, try to keep it uh, as best as I can, at least, until I get something better. But no, I'd probably keep, like, the main collection actually in a room separate, but I mean, like, to actually have the the equipment ready and running, it'd be in that kind of room setup. But eh, no yeah. matter what you do, a tornado will tear up the top of the house, the, it'll get flood in the bottom, you just gotta throw your dice when you live in a house nowadays. Just get something above sea level, and that's all you can do. <laughs> <laughs> just gotta move move out of the Middle East, or Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because going a little bit in a different area, they have less tornadoes. Now, how often do you guys uh, kind of, you know, take uh, inventory or maybe pictures for insurance purposes? All the time. Yeah, I figured all the time. How about you, Kyle? You keeping up with that? <laughs> <laughs> you procrastinator? What I did do, I logged everything that I had, like, with Nintendo Age's collection thing. That's a good start. And all the instructions and all the boxes and all the carts, and then I exported them all to Excel spreadsheets. So I have everything that I have is, like, I can, if I need to, but I do need to do pictures. I have basic pictures, but I, I need to do, like, close-up pictures. I also need to do it just so I can go on Nintendo Age and be like, check it out. you do a retro Zeum video soon, Cal. got to schedule your time. There's, there's like, there's a one that's, like, all all you Genesis people, like, where, where y'all hiding or whatever. It's like, I could, I could go crazy. I just, oh, yeah. you know, just kind of don't, because it's too much work, almost. Like I'm It's too way much too much work. work. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just need to like bite the bullet and do it, you know. Yeah, it's 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 work. Yep. We got a lot. It's just like doing an RPG. We got a lot more shit to do with our time. Yeah, tough. Yeah, I mean that's just the thing though is that like we all work full time jobs. Yeah. We get done with the job. I got family time, so yeah. I mean I got my daughter and hanging out with her, and then you know me and the wife watch a few shows every week, and then I definitely want to game with my wife too. It's so like we've been playing a few different games right now. So, yeah, I mean, then the homework games, if it becomes an RPG, it's like, oh, do I have freaking 20 hours to play in one <laughs> week? No, I don't. So we got to do the 45-minute spiritual warfare, and I'm only guessing. <laughs> 45 minutes? <laughs> I should probably look up a long play of that. I wonder how long that sucker really is. Probably takes a couple hours. Yeah, I'd think. But you never know with Wisdom Tree specialty. Nah, then again, what know. that Moses game takes pretty long, doesn't it? That's like 100 levels. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so well, this one said 300 screens. How many screens is regular Zelda? 255? Is it? I think so. Oh, let's see here. I think they're over-exaggerating with 300 screens. Well, I think they over-exaggerated how many copies they claim they sold. How are they going <laughs> to sell more than 32X sold, you know? Who's <laughs> <laughs> to say? <laughs> Who's to say? Exactly, and I mean, only only God will know that you're... <laughs> That's right, or Jackie Chan. Only God can judge color dreams and wisdom tree. Color well, dreams. all I can find is tool assisted, and tool assisted is done in 17 minutes. Hell yeah! <laughs> oh, it, it can be beaten in 17 minutes, we're good. 
That's cool. Easy yes. peasy, lemon squeezy, my friend. I need to watch this Let's Play Spiritual Warfare. It says, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> That's amazing. I need to watch it. Holy fuck. We can beat it in 16 minutes. We're done. It's going to be my new favorite homework game. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't want to do it. No. Um, it'll be fine. Looks like a, a lot of the Let's Plays are 14 parts, and they're about 15 minutes apiece, so probably take us a good couple hours to beat it in one setting. Yeah, I got to see what the final boss looks like on Spiritual War. It looks like Satan. <laughs> That's awesome. Look, fight looks Satan like the Sega damage. Genesis is even shorter. Oh, wow. So I expect Jeff to have them both beaten in no time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a few a uh, few games that I actually didn't beat this last season. Dun dun dun. Yeah, I mean, I I know for a fact. I mean, none of us beat Wrecking Crew. But there's only like no. three I didn't beat. I didn't beat Strider. I didn't beat Bat Scatman and, and Globin or whatever. We yeah. should have like a graph that shows how much uh, who beat what, so we can see the one or two if I beat any. I don't really remember. Well, I only beat. I only beat Batman and, uh, what was the other one? King's Quest 3. King's Quest, and there's something else I was thinking that I... Doom. <laughs> well, everybody beat Doom. About Dracula X, you beat Dracula That's it. Rondo, I was thinking, yeah, that was a mission. I, I love yeah. that game. Rondo. I think you beat more games than you... Th- than you yeah, than it's your... definitely... It'd be interesting, but I'm pretty sure I'd be the one lacking out of the crew on that one. Well, I mean, me and Kyle beat a bunch of them. Um, yeah, because I, I beat Adventures of Scatman and Throbbing. Predator, I didn't beat either. Yeah, I didn't beat that um, one either. Did you beat Bionic Commando, Kevin? No, because I got to that Insano point with the grabbing the claw. Mm. None of us beat uh, Chrono Trigger. <laughs> <laughs> the- that would have been a bonus point if you had beat that one by now. Oh, yeah, it counts. <laughs> it counts. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get cracking on that one and start. Grinding. It, it, it counts. Is there anything else on there? We both be Goonies. Oh, um, yeah. None of us beat Mate Tracks. There is a. <laughs> what? There, there's a. There, you, yeah. can, you can beat that game. Apparently, according to Walter Day, you can beat that game. No shit. Know. Anyone who lasts over 30 minutes deserves a beat. <laughs> deserves a beating. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> um, I was the only one to beat Predator, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Scatterhand, we all beat Splatterhouse. That was just. No, uh, I shoot you on that one. I didn't try that one yet. Yeah. yeah. Strider was just me slacking. No, I, I didn't beat Strider. Oh, you didn't Did beat I? Strider? Okay, no, I got, so I, was... I got close to the end, but I didn't beat it. Yeah, I got killed on Maddox. Yep, that's it. I, I got close to the end. I didn't beat it, though. Uh, Toe Jam beat Wrecking Crew. I mean, I beat the final level, but I didn't go from 1 to 100. Yeah, beat, that's so. the thing. Yeah, that that's like count. crazy though. Fuck, that's a lot of levels, man. Yeah. Damn, Toe Jam, we got close to the end, but then we failed. It's on tape. <laughs> oh yeah, we, uh, we I got came, close. I came but we to your didn't house beat the so damn thing. We, yep, I tried, tried. walking through it. We tried. Yeah, Jeff had the advantage. It was just him being a uh, Toe Jam, the way to go. <laughs> yeah, that is that's the, the way best to way go. to go. That's the way that I beat it too. Damn, no, girl. that was the only. I think that was the only no death run I did this season. Really. So I actually did a no death run on the, mm, the homework. I don't think I did any no death runs either. <laughs> I sure shit didn't. <laughs> but that's I was totally lucky. That story is like insane. Final Zone <laughs> Two. 
That game was super fun. Pretty easy, but really fun. And that's what you should have done in the beginning. <laughs> God, amazing. I, yeah, it's awesome game. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do any no death runs. Looking at it now, I mean, Chrono Trigger, I haven't died yet, but that doesn't count because we haven't beaten it yet. And I do have Perlers done for the entire season. Cool. So that's cool. Because I did the, I already had the Crisis Force one done. Well, then that's the picture for the CD you get. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> there we go. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to put season one under episode list, like a cool. link to it, just just a, just a link to season one, and then yeah. season two will start up on the page again, and then season one page will be when you click on the link, it'll be exactly what you see right now on season one page. Episode 24 should be, you know, that goes up in like a week or so because they go up when they get done. We don't try to push anything crazy. Kyle, the, the master editor. So should we, for the to wrap up the season, should we say overall or at least announce what was the worst game of the season and the best? Oh, yeah. From the grades? <laughs> oh, yeah, up? that's cool. That's a good idea. Yeah. So what do you guys think the worst game was, in your opinion? And then I'll go by grades as I'm looking. I think the worst one I gave, Predator, was pretty bad. Predator was pretty rough. Batman Robin was like, I totally like flunked that Yeah, one. you guys totally killed me on that one. I couldn't keep that one above water. <laughs> so um, yeah, Predator funny. got a D-plus from us. Okay. Scatman uh, got destroyed. Scatman got a D-minus. Oh, that's, that's the big one right there. That's not even fair. Batman's better than Predator. You guys are nuts. No, 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 <laughs> Fuck no. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell no. That's nuts. Fuck that game. <laughs> Need to change that to an F. <laughs> <laughs> we might be able to kill it with a spiritual warfare. You never know. <laughs> it might be. Hey, there you go. Now, with the homework page, I think I'm just going to keep that going forever. Just make it ridiculously dumb. <laughs> okay. Yeah, might as well. I might get rid of the Perlers, though. I don't know if you guys like the Perlers. Yeah, it's awesome. I think it's awesome. Dude, it's unique. Are you kidding me? Right, it stands all right. out. It's the best part. We'll keep That's it going, right. then. Keep it going, That's then. only if you... I mean, you can always stop, but just leave the ones you have. Yeah, at least leave the ones you got so we can yeah. see when you stopped and then yell at you. <laughs> nice. Um, so, yeah, obviously the best game was um, Castlevania. Yeah, Final hands Blood. down. Yeah, no yeah. arguments um, But the other A-plus was Splatterhouse, Wampoku, Graffiti. Damn, I, I really need to try that one. Oh, there's there's one other A plus. What Actually, we had we had four A pluses this season. Four the A pluses. Hell were the this A season. Oh shit! Uh, Dracula X Rondo of Blood. Yeah. And Splatterhouse went Poku Graffiti, and then the other A plus was Doom. Well, that's a definite A plus. And Chrono Trigger got an A plus. Yeah, you couldn't argue with that. Yeah, it's perfect JRPG. Yeah, so it's like, you know, that's we did have four A pluses. Um I do like that we're starting off um the season two with a potential turd, just so that <laughs> way. Because, I mean we should be doing like You want a variety of grades. You don't want all A pluses. Well I also want to true too. We want to do games that people are interested in. We don't want to do games that people like don't care about. But I think any wisdom tree game is just like a, a water cooler game, like you'll talk about it. It's like a conversation piece. Yeah, yeah. Especially like Nintendo Age 2. We'll make a, a thread on it and it'll, 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 it'll be fantastic. That's our forums. And yeah, there that's the thing though. Is like any game 
Um, it doesn't necessarily, because I know we've been trying to stick with like bucket list style, but it just has to be something that's interesting. The water cooler yeah. is... The water cooler. Is, is Keep her attention. So this season was more we were trying to do like our bucket list. Season yeah. two will be like water cooler style, like games cool. that we just want to talk about or want to play. Like, so it still can be a bucket list game, but we could also throw in some like hilariously bad or water, like a spiritual warfare. It could be terrible. It's it's Zelda style though, so it should be at least be playable. <laughs> well, I don't think it's gonna be, it might not be playable, but it might. It can't be Hydlide. Oh God! Oh, oh my oh, fucking God! Oh, I hate that game. I hate game. that game, Kyle. It Kyle. may be terrible. <laughs> Calm down, Kyle. We're not playing Hydlide, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, jeez. So chill. I'll never vote for Hydlide. Trust me. So yeah, <laughs> I, right. it'll 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 probably be terrible yet bearable. You know. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, bearable. Kyle and the Mylan. Terrible and the bear. Loving the rhyming. <laughs> rhyming all the time and. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I hate Highlight, dude. Hate it. I hate it. It's gonna be out. He's gonna be out. Dude, no, that that game, not only is the music, like, drive me batshit crazy, <laughs> but yeah, it's just a garbage hunk of the I know universe. what to make a new ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> it is like a five second, like, loop, too. Yep. Terrible. spectrum of things i was thinking about this i actually been reading a book recently book it and it's a gaming book (laughs) so it's a really cool one um i actually got this from jobber last year for nintendo age secret santa he one of the items he got me was a book it's ready player one it's a it's not like a game review it's actually a narrative it's a story and it's, uh, I'll read the little blip it from the back. It says, in the year 2044, reality is an ugly place. The only time teenage Wade Watts feels alive is when he's jacked into a virtual utopia known as Oasis. So I think like World of Warcraft in my head. Uh, Wade's devoted his life to studying the puzzles hidden within the world's digital confines. Puzzles that are based on the creator's obsession with pop culture from the 80s. That promises massive power and fortune to whoever can unlock them. So like billions of dollars. And they're they're like the whole area is like slums. So basically this kid could, you know, make a better life for him. 
Um, but when Wade stumbles upon the first clue, he finds himself beset by players willing to kill and take this ultimate prize. The race is on, and if Wade's going to survive, he'll have to win and confront the real world he's always been so desperate to escape. So basically, like, there's these multiple keys um, and, and, and to unlock the passcode to get into the billions of dollars that the creator of this oasis has and they've been like they turned into a subculture of people looking for this like hidden world and that's the reality they actually do school within oasis they do everything within oasis because the real world is falling to shit by this point and what's really cool though is that after like 10 years nobody's found anything not even had a hint and this kid who's like basically like a senior in high school, uh, I think that's about what he is, he basically finds the first key. He's the, and he, he pops up on a scoreboard online, and all they can see is his avatar, so they don't know who he really is. It's really crazy. <laughs> and they're doing crazy references in the, in the book, like talking about like the um, 2600 games, like uh, the, the uh, what, Sword Quest games, and... Talking about like the that Star Wars Ewok adventure that was never released, and talking about NES games, and it's it's really crazy, and also talking about like pop culture too, like music and TV shows and movies from back in the day too. It's right up our realm, man, and I highly recommend it to anybody that's interested in you know the '80s subculture like we are. It has me reading a book, so believe it or not, so it's <laughs> like as much as we don't and. So, so what I've done is I've taken a page from Kyle, and I've actually secluded myself a few days a week downstairs. I've been playing some music, or actually I've played some classic Game Room DVD that I have never watched, and I'm reading while I'm doing that. So, multitasking and chilling and drinking some beer. Nice. Really cool. Of course, doing stuff like the podcast and things take priority and precedence. And I know this weekend i got to get to editing the book. Gotta get my book done. But yeah, like, so is there anything you guys have been into recently that you could share with the listeners? Because that's always a cool aspect. Like, did you guys get anything new this week? Or, uh, you know, like, cause I had a couple of stories so far. I've uh, just been working on Arkham Knight, trying to get that wrapped up here, at least the main story. Nice. My, my wife rented that game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. pretty addicting. It's got a GTA feel to it, so I bet she'd enjoy it then. <laughs> well, it's not GTA, so she's not enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right. It's got to be purist for it. But uh, the funny thing about it, I mean, um, I'm not up to the point in catching up with the comics to know about the Arkham Knight, but he does exist in the comics. So if you're an avid comic fan and you've read up to the point that's current now, you would already know who the Arkham Knight is. But um, I didn't know who it is, but I deduced who it was way early in the game in a, in kind of a funny way um as you work in the game as like um as like a promo they like give you like a bio of a character as you're playing through the game if you get like a riddler trophy so um i unleashed the the bios of the arkham knight and then i looked at his height and weight and i just found the person that matched the same height and weight and it was right <laughs> ah. so i'm like yep i know who the arkham knight is now just a little bit of deductive reasoning so i did my own batman detective work on it so it's fun that i found it out but it kind of takes away from the surprise when you do get to the point in the game where you unmask him so 
take it for what it is. But I'm at the point I already unmasked them and stuff. I'm getting pretty close to the end. But uh, I kind of want to do some more side quests because I'm one of those guys, if I beat the main story, then I don't really like going back to doing, like, the extra stuff. So I try to do all the extra stuff when I'm closer to the end just so that I'm all, ah. like, beefed up and ready to go and then... Yeah, see, see that's <laughs> that's my issue too, and why I can't play newer games because I don't want to just do the story. I want to do all the extras, and then that just takes forever. Oh, it's a lot of time. And then it's like, so it's like a big, big, like circular mindfuck where I just never want to play newer games because I don't have the time because I my OCD nature. I gotta beat everything, so I just oh, don't play it. Yeah, that game would kill you then. Because <laughs> those Riddler trophies, there's an insane amount on this one from oh what I God. saw. It's it's nuts. And uh, actually, in none of them, I need to put that on my bucket list before I die. At least one of the game in the series, I should try to get all the Riddler trophies I never have in any of them. If you, if you followed a guide, you'd be able to do it. Yeah, you know, it's almost like the, you know, like the heart pieces in Zelda. Even to this day, as shameful as it is, I never got all the heart pieces in The Link to the Past. When really? I've eaten it, really? I never got all the wow. like all those little the little fraction ones. I was always like one or two hearts short when I beat the game, just because I didn't need them, and I was like, ah, screw it, you know. But uh, wow. one of these days, I should put it on my bucket list to actually have a hundred percent complete on that bad boy when I beat it. But um, no other than that, I did pick up a uh, rare replay. It's still sitting in the wrapper. Um, nice. Candace is excited about it because I didn't realize that it does Viva Pinata, which I'm not excited about, but... I've never played that game. That's her jam next to Lolo, apparently, those two games, and uh, can't really? wait to have to watch that game get played, because from what I understand, it's like a bunch of Pinata sim game, I don't know. Not my bag, to say the least, but hey, Weird. as long as she's gaming, I'm not going to argue with her. <laughs> I, think we, I think we talked about that either during the break or before the podcast, but... um. Yeah, I mean, I, I busted mine open, um, yeah. and I, I played the Battletoads arcade game uh, yeah. yesterday, and you can that pump cool. infinite cores into it. Does it so do I the beat... three players? It does. Does it support it? Awesome, because that's actually hard to even emulate to find the ROM that'll even give you the three players. It was like a rare arcade yeah. machine that did three. It was always two. One little cool thing is they obviously implemented achievements, so I know one of them in Battletoads is just beating it. Each game playing, it gives you an achievement. Um, really? But, like, if you have to beat it with every, all three Battletoads. So, if you beat it in three-player and you beat the game, you can get an achievement for that. Nice. And you don't have to do all three at the same time. You just got to beat the game with each one. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I played that one, and then I played uh, Jetpack, which is, like, Rare's first game. That game's yeah. really fucking fun. Really? Yeah, it's awesome. Like, you basically fly around with a jetpack. You press up to go up because it's, like, Commodore style. You know, it was an Atari joystick at the time back in the day. And then you collect your pieces of your ship. You build the ship, and then you collect fuel canisters. You fuel up your jet, and you go to the next level. And then you just got to avoid enemies and shoot them with, like, a laser gun. And it's just arcade style. It's awesome. Is it, like, a predecessor to Solar Jetman or something? Um, kind of. Because that's rare too, ain't it? There's no spinning, yeah. and the Solar Jetman, I think, is on rare replay as well. Yeah, I think it is on it's there. It's just the whole Jetpack, Jetman, it's interesting. Yeah. A lot of jetting around. Jetting. <laughs> and, and they um they redid it for the Xbox 360, and that's also on the um rare replay. So you got that. It's a separate app, though, I think, or something. But the other game that I played, though, was Blast Core. That's like my bread and butter. I, I've been meaning to replay that game, and I don't want to dig out my 64 
and all the emulators that for some reason they don't do blast core well the pc emulators they kind of suck so having it on there it was playing perfectly and i actually got through the beginner and intermediate levels to clear out cool and then you know obviously with blast core it's an ultimate ocd thing because after you beat the level you can go back and destroy every building and collect every diode and hunt down every secret and every level at your own pace so it's exploratory game I talked to another guy who's playing it, and he is doing the regular Battletoads, not the arcade one. And he he said then, this is a guy that actually has a history. He's got a YouTube channel. He's beaten, like, every version out there, like the NES, the Genesis, and all these different ones. And he said he had trouble with the Rare Replay because he said there was lag in it from his experience with it. I don't know mm. if it's true or not, but it'll be interesting trying that. I was never good at the NES one, so lag or not, there's no way in hell I'm beating it anytime soon. So I'll get to the turbo tunnel and I'll know because I can beat the turbo tunnel. Turbo tunnel's um, not hard though. No, it's not. It's a lot of memorization. Yeah. With lag, it'll be impossible. Yeah, it's like overrated. He yeah. said he was still able to beat it. He just said it was way more difficult than it should have been, and he said due to lag. So I'm just curious how accurate that is to people that actually have the skill to play. It's it. just like Mike Tyson's punch out though. With a little lag in the turbo tunnel, it's gonna make a difference. Yeah, definitely. But the thing is, too, is did he put his TV on game mode? Um, I I couldn't tell you. That's a good question to ask if he had that on there. Because that does help with Twitch games. Does it? Yeah. And mine goes into game mode on any of the game channels. Okay. Yeah, I got a Geezer HD TV. I don't even think mine has a game mode on it. <laughs> Most do, but I mean. If it does, I don't know about it. I'm on whatever mode it is. Yeah. You got the scaler, though, don't you? Yeah, the scaler usually comes up, but my modern systems aren't scaled. They are they go straight in the TV. So yeah, the modern ones don't need a scaler. Yeah, gotcha. Makes sense. But yeah, the little, but just so Kyle knows, too, the Rare Replay covers the history of Rare from their first release to, like, the Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. And there's 30 games in it, and it costs $30. Sounds like a deal to me. The irony, I read an article on Kotaku yesterday, is apparently there's seven Nintendo 64 games on Rare Replay, and there's only six Nintendo 64 games on the Wii U eShop. Huh. So they just, they basically said Rare Replay kicks Nintendo's ass, and <laughs> like they basically did. And yeah. they showed, hey, we can release set more games than you have in one package right now. <laughs> basically, yeah. And the, and the irony is on the Wii U, all the 64 games, you know, they're like Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time, but they're all $10 a piece. Yeah, that's So that's price. $60 right there for six And that's games. DLC crap. Yeah, that's $60 This is a physical disc. That's, this one, you get a physical disc with 30 games on it. Yeah, um, that is a good deal. Now, some of the games, are the later games, are apps. So okay. they, like, the, when you run the disc, it just goes to the app on the Xbox One. But Xbox One installs everything anyway, so it's not a big yeah. deal. It's not really noticeable. But um, the whole, like, you, you have to watch the intro because it's all, like, a big, like, puppet show kind of thing. And nice. Then they redo all of the music in, like, orchestra. So, like, there's, cool. like, a Battletoads orchestra song. <laughs> and, like, it's at the, at the intro portions. Like, because you get to watch everything there's videos and everything so kyle will really like that being the gaming historian that he is like everything has history of every game that they've ever done like even snake rail and roll has a little history the battletoads has the uh the hottest villain of all time 
Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Like there's no no even contest. It's what motivated Kyle to get to the end. Hell That's yeah. what's crazy about the arcade is you actually don't fight her. Yeah, you have like it's like a was it a hologram of her or something in the background. And that's like the fourth level out of six is like your fight. There's a hologram of her in the background as you fight the yeah. big rat. And then like the final level is like a shoot 'em up almost. Like yeah, it's like that big ship. It's almost like Smash TV shoot 'em up though, because you can rotate your gun around in circles as you're on top of a ship. You don't even control the ship. It's yeah. really weird. Yeah, I think the hardest levels in the NES are the snake level for me, and the level that shit like chases you. Yeah, the the, God, the little um nightmare. <laughs> actually, actually, uh, there's on the Angry Video Game Nerds channel they do a Bootsy plays Battletoads now. Bootsy beats. Bootsy Bootsy beats. Yeah. And 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 basically, like he's hilarious because his his demeanor is so like dry. Like <laughs> and you listen to him talk, it's funny as shit. But he's done two parts so far. He hasn't gotten quite to that part though. The 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 little circle gear grinding oh, fuck yeah. it dude that's, that's brutal dude. it's, just, it's <laughs> just straight memorization with yeah. that game for those sections like there's no like skill at that point because it's so fast like you've got to know the pattern and you learn the pattern by dying that's pretty much i wish the whole game was the first level like <laughs> i'm with kyle on like, that the fighting is awesome <laughs> you can pick up like everything it's so cool yeah. like yeah, the, it should be the first level and then like one or two of the second level where you're doing the dangle stuff, that's pretty fun. Oh yeah, the dangle stuff's cool because you can grab the beaks and they they turn into like knives. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah, I want an NES port of the arcade version. That's what I want. <laughs> well, no, even the arcade version has some garbage portions to it. Like, I mean, it needs. To, I, and I don't like all the how everything takes so many hits in the arcade. It's, it's definitely a button masher. Like, it, it wasn't that fun to me. There were like the original Battletoads though had a perfect amount of hits. I'm I'm more of a fan of a kung fu style beat 'em up than uh you know button mash and beat the and crap out of things than Golden Axe. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I see what you're saying, but keep in mind the arcade was designed to make quarters. If they ported it to the NES, I would just lessen all the hits on the guys. Obviously, it wouldn't be the same, but just to have like an NES style of it, yeah, like Ninja Gaiden, where like everything takes like a one hit. hit. Kill. One slash. Yeah. yeah. Kung Fu is, like, Nintendo age, that's probably, like, the unsung hero. Like, everyone fucking loves Kung Fu. Oh, that's a great game. Because it's so simple and you can blaze through it. And you can beat it in about five minutes. It's it's the blazing, though, that you, you don't, it's like Ninja Gaiden 2. You, you're just, mm-hmm. like, going. Yeah. You're going. And, and just for the uh, season finale, you know, Kung Fu's unlike Beer Slinger. It repeats, <laughs> it repeats every round, so you can keep playing and keep playing and yes. keep playing. Yeah, the most I've ever done is five in a row. That's the most I've ever really? done. I think I just got five. burnt out. And the thing, if I remember correctly, I remember the, the heart. You know when they do like a heart around you at the end? I want to say after I beat it so many times, it showed more hearts. Or maybe I just played it so much it looked like it to me. Starting to see double. <laughs> Starting to see <laughs> Yeah, I was just getting delusional. It was a long night of kung fu. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Ape intoxication, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, last weekend was the um the Kong off four. The Donkey Kong that's right, tournament. That's right, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so old, old Billy Mitchell was running around. Um but it it was ran by Richie Knuckles. That was the uh, King of Arcades guy. Really cool dude. He paid everything out of pocket, set this whole thing up, and it wasn't just like a freaking like 
you know, video game summit BS like tournament thing. Like this was like professionally done with like cameras on each competitor linked to big screen fucking TVs and you could see it. He was live streaming it. So I was able to watch it at home because I wasn't able to get out there. Um, it was like a four hour drive to get out there. I was, I had to work on Friday so I couldn't get out there, but like watching it uh, and he was using a couple different streaming things and it was awesome to watch. The world record holder is Robbie Lakeman, and he didn't win. And the irony was is that the first two days they did high score. And then after that, even the guy who got the highest score, which wasn't Robbie Lakeman, didn't win. Because the final day, they did a head-to-head tournament where they did the first two lose all their lives or beat the game and have the higher score. But in the head-to-head competition, it's a, they, play, they all played differently. I don't think anybody beat the game head-to-head. There was 11 or 12 during the weekend million-point games. Like, that's ridiculous. So, you know, to get a kill screen is pretty tough. We had million-point games, 11 of them or 12 of them or something. But uh, the guy who won was Dr. Kong, Hank Chin, won the Kong-off. The irony was is he won the first Kong-off, too. So he is the current Donkey Kong world champion. <laughs> It's a big boy on the top of the mountain. It's really cool, though. And um, Richie Knuckles is selling marquees right now online. Um, it's going to help him hopefully you know, make up some of the money he's spent on this. And so I would recommend any listeners, if you're interested in Don Kong at all, or just the whole you know competitive gaming scene, at least support him. I know I got, a, I got one just to support him. Um, and they're very cheap. I mean, the other thing is, is that somebody did an entire Kong off four yellow Donkey Kong cabinet. And I think he's putting those up for like three grand if people want to buy them, like the actual cabinet. And it's like, it looks like brand new came off the freaking line, like yeah, off the um, assembly line. Yeah, but I'd oh. recommend picking up King of Arcades too. Oh, yes. And buy the DVD. I picked it up like a year ago. I don't know how, how easy it is to get anymore. Probably not too easy. <laughs> I, I don't know. But hopefully it is. I, I think it's still on Amazon. Check it out. Check it out. Yeah. Any opportunity I can do to help out Richie, like he's freaking awesome. I'm, I will probably, if he has anything for sale, once we open up the actual shop, the store on on the blog um, page, like the VGBS store or whatever, I'll, we'll put his stuff on there too. He's a really cool dude. But yeah, like the Kong off was awesome. I wish I could have went out there just just to BS with everybody. They've been cool. <laughs> the funny thing was is that one of the streaming things that he was using was it was called Periscope, which is on Twitter, I guess. And I didn't know this, but you can like you can comment on there. So while I'm watching and it's actually, you know, Richie was walking around with his phone and periscoping. And I guess he could see all the comments we were writing. And there's this one guy who's supposed to be like a quote-unquote bodybuilder, Donkey Kong player, Vince, Vincent LeMay. And I just said, hey, Vince is looking small. And Richie told him while he was playing. He's like, who said that? Yes. <laughs> I was like, yes. I was like, hey, it's Jeff, the, the Army guy. Just tell him that. <laughs> he actually got to the finals, though. So he's fucking really good Donkey Kong player. Like, he got over a million points, too. In his last freaking game on Saturday night, too. Classics, man. And that was really fun just to watch because because of watching the King of Kong and the King of Arcades and the uh, was it Chasing Ghosts documentary? That's my favorite one. Oh, um, remember Chasing Ghosts? Uh, and I think it was King of Kong too, where they said that the Fun Spot Donkey Kong is haunted. 
I think that one mirrors that guy or one of them said that that one is haunted and nobody can ever get a good score on that one. But yeah, like basically it was funny because they mentioned it on the video. Um, they said, yep, that guy's full of crap because Robbie Lakeman set the current world record on the fun spot Donkey Kong machine. <laughs> I think it was that one guy that's like, there's a Donkey Kong kill screen coming up. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that was his freaking, <laughs> he was talking about it. But anyways, like, yeah, they completely ripped on the guy at the Kong off and said, yeah, just Robbie Lakeman set his world record on that machine. So that guy's full of shit. Like basically is what they said. I was like, that's awesome. It's knowing, you know, the DVD and things. The other thing is, is watching that live stream or whatever, you realize how many Billy Mitchell fans and how big Billy Mitchell is compared to everybody else. Because all anybody else talked about was like, hey, it's Billy. I want to see Billy talk. That's all they kept saying the whole time. Because of King of Kong, like, everyone knows who he is. Like, Steve Weeby was there. Steve Weeby. He was there, and nobody said anything about Weeby. Like in, oh, wow. Nobody likes the silver medal? He choked. Nice. Steve Weeby. Steve Weeby didn't even get into the finals. He choked. Nice guy to finish oh, last. You gotta be evil like like Billy. Ooh, evil. Like it's funny because Candace falls for it. Hook lines. Like she hates Billy. <laughs> she doesn't know anything about the story or anything. She just sees how the movie portrays it. And she's like, "What a bad man." He's so he's so full of himself. I can't stand him. And Steve Weeby's such a nice guy. Like. That's so funny. Yeah, because yeah, if you ever have met Billy Mitchell in person, I mean, I obviously have, but um, he is a really nice guy. He is definitely full of himself, but he's a really, <laughs> really nice guy. He's legitimate. I mean, the first time I talked to him, which was in Miami at a gaming convention, his son was with him, and he's like, yeah, that whole thing is is a bunch of crap because like when they said that we didn't, we were hiding in the alley, not going to eat lunch with everybody. Like I ate lunch with Steve Levy. Like his son said that, <laughs> like he's like, I was there at the time we had freaking our families ate together. Like, I don't know. Like it, it was like completely modified to make it a dramatic story. And the irony is, is that, the guy who made another little part that Kyle like he likes his little um trivia questions. The guy who made King of Kong also submitted the script for the movie Pixels. Wow. In the movie Pixels, the little midget guy with a mullet who's the Donkey Kong world champion that looks just like Billy Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> there's a midget there's a, there's a little person that is the guy who plays Tyrion Lannister from Game of Thrones, but Kyle won't know that. But basically, they made a little midget Billy Mitchell in, in, in Pixels, the movie, Kyle. Billy Midget? Hell yeah. And, and ironically, they say that he won the world championships back in the day using cheat codes. <laughs> in the wow. movie, I'm like, this guy really hates Billy Mitchell. Like After seeing like how he made him a villain in King of Kong, and now yeah. he does this, like, all under the table. Like, he wow. just does not like Billy Mitchell. And I don't know what Billy Mitchell did to, to this dude, <laughs> but he did something to piss off this screenplay writer. And, like, it's just funny to me. Because now knowing that stuff, like, yeah, that guy's funny. And just you know, I did watch Pixels, and it's terrible. It got horrible <laughs> ratings. Oh, yeah, my God. Rotten Tomatoes gave it, like, a negative number, I think. And I said, nah, I'm not watching that. I definitely didn't go to the theater <laughs> to watch it, but I had it on last Trash. weekend. I mean, now it is classic because I know all the references and I know how effed up it is. Like at the That's... end when Adam Sandler takes the the hammer in, Don in the Donkey Kong stage and throws it at Donkey Kong to make him explode. You know, that's how, that's how you do it in Donkey Kong, right? Yeah. Pretty much. 
throw a hammer at Donkey Kong and make him explode into pixels on the first on the on the first stage. <laughs> on the yeah, first, first stage. stage. God. Yeah, and there's so many <laughs> jacked up parts to that, but it's just it is hilarious. It's just not good. The real question is, <laughs> is Mario in it? Um no. Yeah, he doesn't make references just like Wreck It Ralph. They just they tap dance around Mario. They won't have him in those kinds there's of There's a movies, deleted scene like. where there's Mario and Sonic in it. Oh really? In Wreck It Ralph, yeah. Uh, I I remember seeing Sonic somewhere in Wreck-It Ralph, but I know I'd never saw Mario in the regular yeah. movie. I think they're doing a sequel to that one, too. Yeah, they probably sh- should just yeah. keep capitalizing. I think uh, Adam Sandler needs to just stop making movies, though. <laughs> I don't know. Like, and he, he just God. signed a contract to do, like, five movies Netflix exclusive, so all the Netflix That's stock's going to go through the roof. That's fine. <laughs> you can do Netflix exclusives that I won't watch. There you go. To stay away from... Our pastime. It ain't. It ain't no Happy Gilmore no more. That's the only it's, one that I mean. Even like Billy Madison or Little Nicky, those are like second rate almost. Yeah. Happy Gilmore, get that one, and then from there you you should be good for a while. Happy Gilmore's like it. It's just funny <laughs> how that. It, it's probably the director of the film. Like I don't know who directed it, but just the way that it's done. It's, plus, it's got Carl fucking Weathers. I fucking love Carl Weathers. Like, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Carl Weathers is awesome. Uh, speaking of Carl Weathers, uh-huh. he's not in bad movies. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> in Mortal Kombat X, they finally released Predator. Oh, finally! Oh wow, it's about that. And time. they have a skin for Jax that's called Carl Weathers. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, you, can play, yeah. you can play as Carl Weathers from Predator. In That's it. it's awesome. Dylan, yeah. Hell That's yeah. my new favorite character. Dylan! Yeah. <laughs> can you play as Dutch, too? Arnold? <laughs> they tried to make one of the guys look like Arnold a little bit. He doesn't. Um, I think it was like Johnny Cage or something. It just doesn't look right. Arnie Cage? Uh, they did out. take um, yeah. <laughs> a Scorpion one and made it the infrared like Predator Vision Scorpion, though. Oh, wow. That's fucking I'd really cool. I love to cool. see that, yeah. yeah that's, that's really shit. cool. The other thing that was really cool is with Rare Replay, they did an update for Killer Instinct, and one of the Battletoads is playable in Killer Instinct. Oh, sweet. War- that's Zit which one was it? Zits or <laughs> I think it's Rash. I, the- I think it's Rash. the Shades. I think it's the Shades one, which is okay. Rash. Well, I said a Wart. Yeah. Wart's from Mario 2. Wart? Wart's a whole other game here. It's a Wart, though. The fourth battle. No, it's a <laughs> Yeah, he is. Big fat slob. Yeah, he's- <laughs> <laughs> Shooting bubbles out of his mouth. <laughs> that's Don't awesome. Don't make me dokey panic on you. <laughs> he will doki doki all over your panic. There you go. Ah, <laughs> oh, hell yeah! But uh, but yeah, man. That's so they've done a lot of cool little you know little remakes and retro things recently that have been fucking really awesome. And yeah, I've been sticking away from a lot of them just because. I mean, I don't have the time. But like some of the rare replays and things are awesome. I know next month Mario Maker's coming out. That is going to consume me for a while. Yeah, that's gonna be crazy. You're, you're tracking Mario Maker, right, Kyle? Yeah. Making your own levels. Fuck yeah. And it comes with a hundred Mario levels. Like, it's just limitless <laughs> what you can do with that stuff. It's yeah. insane. As long as it controls like three and world do, and so I can play it perfectly, I'm I'm going to play it essentially forever. I'm not going to make yeah. levels. I'm just going to play people's levels all I the time. I think that game alone is enough of a reason to just own a Wii U, so... 
Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of really cool Wii U games. It's just... And PS4 games. There's a lot of cool PS4 games. It's just... For some reason, I just want to play NES. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just no. how it is, man. Yeah, I'm the same way. We're just turning into old fogies. I like it. <laughs> we want to listen to our records. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I was playing two different PS4 games with Andrea the other day, and one was that uh, the game that everybody's playing, where you're essentially playing soccer with cars. It's called Rocket League. Oh, yeah. I saw a video on that one. It's like the number one game in the world right now. It's like RC Pro-Am in a stadium. <laughs> yeah, like you're, you're seriously, like. you're seriously driving cars, and you can jump the car, you can spin it around to hit the soccer ball. Soccer ball is gigantic, and it's awesome. And that one you can play in short stints, so it's perfect for us. Uh, the other one that just came out for a free downloadable is a new like Tomb Raider, but it's four player and it plays almost exactly like um, Gauntlet. Hmm. It's called, like, Laura Croft and the Temple of Osiris, so it's all Egyptian, so Kyle would love it. There you go. I actually had the first Tomb Raider for a computer. That game was awesome. Yeah, because this one, like, Andrea's Laura Croft, I'm like an Egyptian pharaoh <laughs> with the staff, like Ra or something. And But it has, like, parts where it reminds me of the Mickey and Minnie games on the Genesis and Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. where you have to, like, help each other out and shit. No. So you got to you got to do that in certain spots where it's like, all right, Laura Croft can shoot a, a grapple and and swing over, and I gotta I can't do that, so I gotta have her help me. And there's a lot of that aspect to it, which that's how I see the new Legend of Zelda game going to the Triforce Heroes or whatever it is, the three player Zelda that's coming out. I see a lot of like little teamwork forced upon puzzles that I'm. Like, I think I'll play that because me and Andrew can play the game together. We'll probably play the Laura Croft game, the Tomb Raider game. But, like, I may not, in- I don't enjoy those type of puzzles that much. I don't know about you guys. They're hit and miss for me. I mean, some puzzle games I really enjoy and some I just really hate. So, I don't know. It's a it's a click for me. How about you, Kyle? Yeah. Where are you on puzzles? I like, like, the Arkanoid type, like, Brickles type. Um... That's not really a puzzle. I'm saying more yeah, like... Like Lolo. More like a Legend of Zelda, but you can't do it by yourself. You're relying on another player to do something, and then you got to use each other like to Goof do Troop. it. Like Goof Troop. Like Goof Troop. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it's like. It's like Goof Troop or <laughs> the Mickey and Minnie games. Yeah. What that Vikings game? Uh, what's it called? Yes. Oh, Lost okay. Vikings. Lost Vikings. Good and example. like Lemmings. Yeah, and kind of like Lemmings. I actually too. like yeah. Lemmings a lot, though. I don't know. You're on why. your own with that one, Kyle. I don't know why, but I I actually like that game a lot. I used to like that back in the day because I rented it and it was fun. Not me. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, you, you made your mom take it back to the video store. That's right. I played this <laughs> shit. <laughs> take it throw back. That, <laughs> throw that box office cartridge on the ground and said, "I ain't playing this shit." Spitting on your mom and shit, <laughs> kicking her out. Pretty much. <laughs> That's mean, dude. It's so mean. Jeez. She's like, I didn't Jeez, even Kevin. pick the game. Brutal I Kevin, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think uh, season two will shape up just nicely. And as always, like we'll probably have multiple phases throughout the next six months when... That's what we did during this last season was is we had a bunch of different phases and it kind of went with what we wanted to do. I think that's how the podcast will always be, though. It'll just be fun. Well, season two, we're starting with the armor of God, so I don't see how we can go wrong. Hell yeah, nope. we are. <laughs> Holy rolling for life. 
That's we're right. Fucking, we're going to kill Satan at the end. That's, <laughs> That's right. right. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is here. Oh, yes. <laughs> Don't tell the devil. Don't tell the devil. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? It's, it's going to be about a three-hour podcast. So, Freaking perfect. Yeah, that'll work. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com. But we also have a phone number. It is 262264BGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text message. Um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. Leave a message on one of Kevin's videos on YouTube. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo. Take it easy, guys. Later.